0: This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And we're on. We have my good friend, Mr. Fernando Gomez, on for this current podcast. I know Fernando because we sometimes hold WWE viewing events. At my home, and he is a great rabid fan, and very entertaining <laughs> to have over as well. Plus, he has a lot of interesting insight for us today. Say hello, Fernando. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Aki? I'm doing all right, man. You came in, and you were pretty tired, right? Yeah, it's been a it's been a long school day, to say the least. <laughs> Fernando is under scholarship for which college? Uh, Felician University. And you are running at it, right? Yes was this cross-country marathon running Is it uh, sprinting cross track? country very nice long distance yeah i used to run track and any i used to make the joke that anything above 200 meters is considered long distance for me
1: yeah that's what a lot of sprinters say <laughs> um that's uh it's 200 for me is actually too short that is like will be me pulling a hammy if you see me doing that now
0: We can probably relate this to Warren as as far as like which sports he decides to go into. Yeah, (laughs) And obviously cross country is more of a, even though it is a team sport, it is very much a personal type of like goal breaking and a lot of self-discipline in order to run it. Was there any reason, um, did you just start out running or did you just transition from any other like? organizational sports when you uh, started out
1: it was more of a transition because uh so before cross country or like running in general it was uh strictly like you know the mainstream kind of sports i guess you can say soccer basketball baseball as a kid but it was like it was like one of like those youth sports that you would see kids doing like the summer rec leagues and the winter rec leagues and you know in town when when i was in caucus I, I would be doing those and when i got to high school i kind of got sucked into running because it's more of a family thing like that's a little fun fact about my family like my like all my cousins they're all girls and they all ran under stan Frasinski at sea C- caucus so when there was a male gomez finally in the loop it was kind of like well a it was something unique for for stan to you know work with finally and you not know, someone other than a girl and also it was sort of my cousins forcing me to do it because uh, the story of like my first run is really hilarious actually I was at the PSATs at Caucus High, and I finished them, and I went home, and I'm standing at home on board. And so what do I do? I call my cousin, who at the time was an assistant coach on the cross-country team. I'm like, hey, you want to go for a run? And, <laughs> and, like, yeah, 15-year-old me, like 14, 15-year-old me it was, like, crazy. Like, who wants to go out for a run just because they're bored? So she takes me to um Garrett Mountain. I don't know if you've ever been there.
0: I actually had to run that back in high school when I also did cross country and that's like uh what is it it's it's an it's a uphill the, yeah. the last part of the races is last, an uphill
1: about 800 to 1000
0: meters is all uphill how man. much torture can you put a runner through it's yeah. like oh here's the home stretch and you yeah. you know you watch movies you see them cheering on a on a nice level track the wind is blowing in your hair no this is yeah, no, going this through is like, a, a mountain
1: yeah like it, like that last that, that last finish like I, i'll never forget one of my college coaches the way he described it to me because we were running an ak there this was so I, I returned there my freshman year of college and i'm like oh home sweet home i'm thinking it's gonna be a 5k instead of an ak my first race was five miles so i was like okay like i'll be able to handle this if it's ak uh, you go up that hill twice in that course and the first time around i didn't feel it as much and I'm like, cool. But then like when I'm going up at the second time, I just remembered my quads, my hamstrings, like everything, like including my upper body was just destroyed. I was in, like, usually the last stretch is where you want to like get a good kick in. Got passed up by like four or five people on that stretch and it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> Got passed by four or five people. What place were you in, though? Uh, I was I was in the middle of that pack. Because, like, the college racing is, there's all invitationals, usually. There's really no, like, uh, like I know high school is structured differently because you have league meets, you have your dual and tri meets, and you have actual records in high school. But in college, there's no record. It's just you go in to every meet as an invitational meet. It's a big, like, big races with, like, like ten, 10 or more schools, depending on the size of the meet and the conference and like everything is usually decided by winner take all and when you take when you have the winner take all kind of format, at it's like you know you could be the worst team like reviewed wise leading up to a championship but then on championship day it's like it's, anything goes you know it could be the best team becomes the worst team on championship day and it
0: could be the worst team becomes the best team so it's all based off of just, just like one event, as opposed to a cumulative season.
1: Yeah, it's it has nothing to do with like qualifying or anything. The only thing that you qualify for would be nationals, but that's that's by placings when you actually go to like you know your regional meets in
0: college. So this is quite the jump from that day that you were just tired from PSATs and yeah, yeah, being a, invited to just go out. I I just felt like running. Now, yeah. did you ever just feel like running?
1: Uh, back then when you first got then, introduced to it. Back then, yes and no. Mainly because, um, so like I like you look at me now. Like I'm a lot sk- like skinnier than I once was. Like if you look at pictures, there's definitely someone. Fernando,
0: I only knew you as this. Yeah. So, so like, if, you, if you, there's not much shock for me yet, <laughs> unless I go on a deep dive into your uh, yeah. past photos. Yeah, but, but why don't you explain about uh, about that past then? As far um, as I,
1: I was not skinny back then. I was actually quite um chubby. If you look back on it, I was pretty chubby. Uh, I played basketball and stuff, and, you know, like, that kept me, like, you know, active, but for some reason, like, I could could never shake off, like, the weight, so I was always just chubby with, like, baby fat, it wasn't until I got, like, to age 13, when, you know, when you start going through puberty and stuff, like, you, like, some of the weight started getting brushed off, (laughs) and then when... Then when I started running was when like all the wake up, like I went from weighing, I remember like 155 and I was like 135 at one point. And that was when, but that was when I went, when I went to a doctor, they were like, you should start eating more because your height and your weight aren't matching up and you need to, you need to start like taking care of yourself so you can
0: keep up with all the miles you're running. You know, what's hilarious is that if we play this for teenage Warren or youthful Warren, he would be probably taking notes and, oh my God, Yes. That's what I have to do. I just have to keep, like, running. (laughs) Meanwhile, adults who obviously listen to this podcast, who are past their prime, past their 30s, are are just cursing you out right now. Oh, you were chubby back then. Trying now after your metabolism shuts down past the age of 25. And every other uh, year above 25, everyone's like, okay, just give me a little extra... Five minutes of warm up each year. <laughs> oh, oh, stretching? What is that? Well, <laughs> that's what a kid does. Stretching? No, you just yeah. you just keep going. That's that's pretty much it right there.
1: Yeah, but well, that's the thing that's actually that scares me the most is when my metabolism when my metabolism ends up dying out. Um, right now, like I'm like you know okay like with with weight and everything like I'm still skinny. I'm still active too. Like this is my last season, so once I'm. Once I'm done with running this season, I don't know what exactly is up next in terms of like athletic endeavors, but I know for a fact that like running will definitely be like a long
0: break from it. Definitely due to the fact of all that self-discipline that you have to go through and probably the training is pretty grueling. And yes. I would think after you transition out, just as where you were tired and you needed a break from your PSATs, maybe you need a break after doing all your running as well too.
1: Yeah, it's bordering on yeah like seven years now just straight of like and it's and it's not like the most break i've given myself was about like a month or two last year but that was because i just i my body desperately needed it like i was like after my regional meet last year like my body just broke down i was Mm. i was dying like like at home like my my legs were hurting my like it wasn't just my legs because like you know leg, leg pain is typical as a runner you know you have your aches and pains every here and there but It was like my upper body like i was getting headaches like i wasn't like that was also partially due to like life changes i needed to make for myself like i wasn't sleeping enough i wasn't eating right i wasn't doing like you know things that i had once had great discipline with i wasn't doing that anymore and i like that was when i realized that i needed to start doing that again because as i as i've gotten older too like like being in high school compared to being in college your body is just a completely different animal you're like in high school you're moving quicker you're moving better your body isn't hurting as much when you get to college once you hit like 20 years old that was when everything changed i I was i I moved slower i needed a lot more i needed a lot more stretching a lot more just smarter training with that and that's with my like with this new coach that i've had for three years now he's changed that game and uh, like put it on a whole different level in terms of maintenance and recovery because I never emphasized recovery in my training. And for the past two years now, I've been emphasizing recovery a lot more and it's been, it's been a blessing because I had, I had this years ago, I probably would have been a a different runner right now
0: too. But can't change the past, but yeah, just a bunch of middle aged past their prime men just cursing right, right now. When yeah. You I know. 20 years old and your body breaking down. Yeah. But what people have to keep in mind and what Warren also has to keep in yeah. mind is that you are a, uh, scholar athlete mm-hmm. in this case. It's not just, he's running for a hobby folks. He's yeah. you're actually on scholarship for yeah. Felician running. It's a, it's a, it's so. a
1: challenge because you're basically during the season, this is what my life is like. I, Wake up, go to practice in the morning. This pra- morning practice has just started this year for us. To usually you had two options for practice in the past. And and I used to go in the afternoon because my body just works better in the afternoon. I never work well in the morning for some reason. This That, that has just been a fact about me for so long now. And That's a
0: point that a lot of people can actually really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a morning person? Oh, okay. Now <laughs> that, that you're you're crossing the, 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 the gap now. People are like, okay, <laughs> we, we like this kid now. <laughs>
1: But yeah, um, this this year morning practices started, so I like I can give you the rundown of like what my days are pretty much like. So like for these these weeks, go for it, man. Um, wake up around four forty five. Jesus. And I start getting ready. Um, I usually leave food for my dog and stuff at home before I leave because she when if if I wake her up when I go downstairs, she's up for good. And I leave, get to the school around by five forty five, five fifty. Uh, we start doing our little like lunges and stuff to get our legs w- woken up a little around six, start running at six 15, depending on the day, you know, we'll be going for like 45 to 60 on a normal run day.
0: Um, longer, 45 to 60 minutes. Yeah. And so it's just time. It's not even the distance that you cover. It's yeah, just that it, you guys have it's to like hit I, a mark
1: that oh, I should probably like elaborate on that too. So like 45 to 60, what that means, like as a, like from my point of view is like, if I'm doing 45, that means like usually six if, if I if I'm hitting the marks right and my pace is on the right track I'm hitting six miles if I do more than 45 I can hit seven in like the early 50s And then by 60 minutes, I could have eight depending on again How my pace and
0: stuff is working on that specific day Now when you wake up, this is as far as this training goes, this is all on an empty stomach yeah, I do. Wow. Not. I personally don't
1: eat um, before okay. this because just because like I know for a fact if I eat, I'm going to regret it.
0: <laughs> Is this a personal preference? Do you have teammates or does your coach actually suggest some type of pre-workout meal?
1: Um, he would suggest egg whites. Like that's like you. And that's like also just a suggestion. I think from like anyone, it would be like egg whites or like something light like a banana or something but because
0: you know you can't go in with a full stomach especially for an endurance athlete right because this is you're not just going in half an hour but probably like a quick whatever run on a treadmill you're going as you said for six miles at least
1: and it's and that and, and that's like the main thing too when we're running in the morning like so everyone, everyone's exhausted and everyone doesn't want to be there pretty much. Like we all walk in and, you know,
0: usually like at practices you, you expect the nah, team. you don't want to be running at six o'clock in the morning? <laughs> really? Yeah. No, nah, this speaks to the, 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 an enormous amount of self-discipline.
1: Yeah. This is, it,
0: it is something
1: because. What like, season
0: are you usually running this in?
1: Uh fall. Fall. It's always fall. Yeah. Uh, the, my school does not have a track team, an official men's track team at least because uh, the fun fact about my school too is it used to be an all-girls school So the majority of the population is dominated by women and so are the sports Okay, so the so we have a women's kind of kind of
0: correlates to what you said in the very beginning too of track that Did you mention that it was in your family? It was mainly all uh...
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's actually I never actually thought of it like that That's yep. actually the first time I like someone's actually correlated it like that but I guess, yeah, I guess, like, old habits die hard. <laughs> you can say that.
0: So, walk through the rest of the workout? I'm sure you're not done. Yet, oh, yeah, six. no, it doesn't. Are we just getting started? Um, No, but well, the, the, the bulk okay. of it is done because
1: it also depends on, on the day. Like, because um, there will be days where we do intervals. Like, for people that don't know the term intervals, that's like a speed workout. So, we'll go down to the track or we'll do, like, a tempo-style run. So... When we, go, when we do intervals, like, let's say I'll use the example of a workout we recently did with mile repeats, and they give, like, our coaches have our paces written out. They base this off our race times. They'll have our paces written out, and they'll say, we want you hitting this time for every mile because it's all consistency-based. This isn't based on, like, you know, how fast you can run for X amount of reps. It's, like, you run this time. For this many amount of reps and you hit this mark every single time because if you do it any different, it's not going to really
0: benefit you. It's going to hurt you more and more than it benefits you. You mentioned that the coaches kind of have these set uh, goals for you. Do you 100% solely rely on what they are saying or do they give you kind of like a report of how you are doing and then you also yourself uh, kind of have to derive what you have to work on and yeah. maybe plan and out things th-
1: it's definitely on um, both ways. He, uh, he can only do so much because like he, that's the way he says it. Like we do the 10% of the work, but the 10% that we do, like the results show from that from that 10% cause he does everything else. He does recruiting. He writes our workouts out. He has our plans. He has everything about us, but we have to put in the work that he assigns for us to do or else it's just not going to work. And we, we do it to the best of our ability. Like again, like you can't predict injuries. You can't predict, you know, circumstances that'll happen during the season. He he does an extremely good job of like peaking us at the right moment, though, because that's one of the, like that's a very hot word in running. Peaking at the right time. We like we usually want to peak at the postseason mark, just like for conference, and we want to peak for regionals and when we're like right now let's say the month of october the way it works like october can be a very crazy month because it can either be like a really good month because you're gonna be like in prime physical shape and you're gonna be moving great or it can be the worst month ever because you're not ready and your body is just gonna regret it as you start trying to get into these bigger races and run as hard as you can and you can't do it because your body can't keep up so it's so it's, it's just a matter of with, when it comes to coaching, it's just listening to them and it's trusting them too because a lot of times, a l- like a lot of athletes, the way I've noticed in this day and age too, they do not trust in their coaching and they try to think that they know more than their coach sometimes.
0: Why do you think that is? You think it's the age of the internet and yeah. self-research? Uh, I would say that, yeah. Because it's like, it, it's
1: kind of like the way like with WebMD and stuff these days too. Like, you know, people are reading up and they like they try to prescribe themselves what they got. They try to diagnose themselves and they try to do all that and it's kind of like the same way with running they read these training plans and they read what these other athletes are doing and they're like that's gonna work for me and it's like it could work and it couldn't work it's really you you gotta trust in someone that's training you and that sees your habits like like dissects your habits and really wants to work on what you need to work on and just improve on what you're
0: already doing right well, in the spirit of the Dear Warren podcast, where one of the core tenets of it is backseat parenting, I think being able to tell you, Fernando, um, what to do and how to train based off of my personal experience <laughs> and what I read on the internet, which is 100% true, is just all part of it, right? <laughs> what When you uh, are hearing about WebMD, or obviously, when you read through articles and training, you probably think of some uh, advice where you just roll your eye. What's some of... If, do you know of any type of advice that you've heard where you were just like, oh, yeah, fuck you?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I would have to say I heard someone say once with shin splints and with like just any kind of pain in gen- like any kind of pain in general with the way they described it was that it's all a mindset. I remembered someone on a track forum, like I, because one time I was looking up, it's just electrons going and neurons (laughs) firing through your brain, man. Isn't that what
0: pain is?
1: (laughs) Oh man, like that, you see, that's like, it's that kind of stuff because I had a coach in high school who said this exact thing. Um, And I'll give you that story, like right after I say this, but we, uh, like we as athletes, like when we feel pain and stuff. You know sometimes some athletes like I'll say like there have like there have been athletes that fake injuries and I've witnessed people fake injuries you know cuz they just don't want to do it and they're they're also like this is on your team though right uh not not on not on my collegiate team though i've never
0: i've never witnessed someone on a on my collegiate team we're we're talking about outside of college running or are you talking about like just in professional sports or or let more like from personal
1: experience on like the high school level i would say like uh you don't have to call anyone out no i won't i won't say
0: names i will never say (laughs) no but um you drag you (laughs) right always hobbling (laughs) still running that quarter Right, we know about you, Larry. I have, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but um, but
1: yeah, we like when you see someone like faking an injury. That's like probably one of the things that like it takes you off the most. Like as a as a hardworking athlete, like because with me, like I never, I never will ever fake an injury. Like if I'm feeling something, like it's for real. Like like sit me out. Like get me get me to a trainer, get me to a doctor, something. But when I see someone faking it, like it, it ticks me off because you know there are others here putting in the work, and you know I wouldn't say suffering. That's a that's a that's a very harsh word, but I would say like going through this as much as you are, and you know faking an injury just because you don't want to do it or just because you're tired or something. That's that that's not gonna do you any good, and it just kind of it's a slap to
0: the face of your teammates, and it's and it's just it's disrespectful. I think for the most part. It's a very mature view that you have on that because especially at the grade school level, you know, high school, freshmen, um, kids are just still, and you know, this is me as a dad calling them kids, you kid and everything. (laughs) It's uh, there's just still figuring things out. Maybe they were put on the team because they just didn't have anything else better to do. Or maybe their friends say, Hey, come on, come in in, and join the team. And obviously you have uh, people like yourself who are on a, different level as far as your level of commitment Mm -hmm. and dedication to it Mm -hmm. where it's like hey guys i actually really want to like do well at this so for them their priority isn't getting that best time or hitting their Mm -hmm. splits yeah it's i just want to be able to go home and play video games or something (laughs) yeah
1: that's that i mean but that that was my mentality like fun fact about me like when i first started running i despised it oh I would, really yeah. <laughs> i i, I you fell in love with it at first sight <laughs> i i despised everything like about the sport at first because it wasn't like anything because i was used to you know like being involved in, you know passing a ball or or having like a game plan where you have plays written out like running in general, just the way the meets work is like you have your you have your top five scoring runners, and then you have your two runners that are tiebreakers, and you that that's basically it. Like you kind of leave it up to how you're feeling on that day at that point. So, so when I first got into the sport, I was just I I hated it because I'm like, what happens? Like what what happens if if I'm not performing well, I let everyone down, and and I also let myself down because i'm not performing well i let like my coaches i let everything just go downhill if i don't perform well was this in your your first few meets after starting um Is no no this was, was like this was like i guess when i started breaking through like i would say i had that i had that mentality when i started breaking through but when mm-hmm. i first started my mentality mm-hmm. was kind of just like i wanted to i want to go home like I, I was that was basically it for me i was i just i just want to go home i don't want to run I don't want to run these four miles, three miles today. I want to just What flipped the switch? It was my cousin that coaches me. She um some my cousin she works a lot now, so she's she no longer coaches. Uh she has said she wants to get back into coaching at some point, but she's working a lot right now. And when she coached in high school, like the last grade that she coached, I think was my grade. Yeah, like the last Like when we, when we graduated, it was when she said, I think when she called it quits and the summer of 2012, I believe it was, was that year when she sat me down and she said, we have a team this year that can compete and you're, you have the athletic ability to compete with the best of the best if you want to. And I said to my, and when I, when I hear that, it's kind of. It wakes you up a little bit just because it shows not only, like, should you believe in yourself, but it's like someone believes in you. And that's something for me that goes, like, a long way, just having that person, like, having people that, like, look at you and they're like, we trust you to go out and do this. Like, it goes a very long way to not just improving you as an athlete, but improving you as a person because you don't want to let them down. You don't want to let yourself down. And training after that became extremely like i was extremely committed to training and i was also extremely committed to you know helping everybody along the way too just you know the younger people if they if they ever had like any questions for me like in terms of advice for training or how to race better or have what kind of strategies
0: should i use i was always open to helping them i think you hit on something where um after you explained like what flipped the switch and then you started realizing not only just uh a bit of your potential but also people's investment and in their time and their dedication to bettering you as well um, there was something a while ago and this is, you should listen up right here Warren <laughs> that um, when I first was like dating Jess I forgot what I did I was we either had to meet somewhere or uh, it was a date it was so long ago but I just showed up late I forgot why. But what I do remember is her, you know, ribbing me out. I don't know. Ribbing, just got put in the doghouse. <laughs> didn't get put in the doghouse. But she was uh, uh, obviously upset because being on time is something very um, important to her. Like some people are just very prompt. Jess is just one of those people who enjoys being not enjoys is very prompt. And she said, and this probably echoes with you, that now my actions aren't just my own don't only like affect myself like they also affect mm-hmm. other people yeah and then as more and more people uh dedicate time in you or uh they start trusting you or they even especially start depending on you as it sounds uh with you helping out all other runners any new yeah. newcomers whatever you do now actually starts cascading down to yeah. them the good and the bad yeah it's, it's, it, the, that was the biggest wake up call for me. Not like, not just
1: for running, but for life in general, I remembered because up to that point, you know, teenagers think they know it all and you know, you end up. And finding obviously
0: you know it all right now too, Fernando. Yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's how young people He's are. He's actually nodding his head vigorously at me, people. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But, um. Go on. Why, why don't you, why don't you explain it yourself? Go um, right ahead. Like, explain we, it to these teenagers. <laughs>
1: 21 year old explaining to teenagers everything about life
0: (laughs) oh this is so backseat it's not even backseat parenting now it's like you're like pretentious 21 year old yes oh keep going over embellish it go ahead (laughs) oh Oh, Oh, man hold on when you drink your water hold your pinky up there we go yeah oh i was actually kidding but he's actually doing it all right go ahead (laughs) but um
1: but no yeah that was like a big wake-up call for life for me because at that point I I was just I'm still a young guy I'm not I'm not by any means trying to act like I'm old or anything but by that point like I wasn't doing a lot of things right in terms of school at not just not just athletics but school and family related things and all all this kind of stuff I wasn't doing a lot of things right and I just remembered hearing that from her because that that's not just coming from a coach that's also coming from a family member keep in mind that was my cousin that was speaking to me on that summer day. And so that that was a huge like that was a huge moment for me in my growth, I would have to say, just because I uh, so many things started changing after that. And then as I grow older now, I look back on it because this is like a really reflective moment for me, too. Right now, I'm starting to see like I wonder what would have happened if that talk never happened, because that's that's a that that probably would have never started making the habit changes that I should have made back then.
0: It's awesome that you can kind of like uh, go back to that point. And just say there, there it was. A lot mm-hmm. of people have those type of. Uh... Actually, no, I would say that a lot of people don't realize when that moment happens. They realize it as you are reflecting upon it right mm-hmm. now, yeah. years later. Especially if it snowballed into something of what you started out with. As far as I'm tired from the PSATs, and then the next thing you know, if you just take everything that happened since then up until this point, and you just erase like let's just say we just did the too long didn't read mm-hmm. or I didn't even listen to you it would be I started with the PSATs and now I'm um, uh college athlete yeah you know and there's a lot that obviously went into it and you're wondering what I pulled up on on the phone it was that article that was that was yeah. written about you and it was um it was actually one of the main reasons why I would I, I was like oh, I got to have you on besides <laughs> yeah. talking about um some other topics and the main thing, let me see if I can read this without, I have a pop screen in front of me. So it's a little weird. Um,
1: By the way, this article was written with between me and my conference. Uh, the point of this article was when it was written, was it, they asked me, what was the best piece of advice I ever received? And what? how do I apply it to my
0: everyday life? And the quote is, take it, actually, no, you read it. I want okay. you to read it. As like Morgan Freeman as God <laughs> take a deep breath and let fate take over <laughs> that was actually pretty good <laughs> and um, I won't read the entire quote um, but there's uh, certain points that kind of stuck out uh, what, over here you said I was always having to be in control of every little detail about life and it came to the point where I would lose myself to stress and anger because I always, I was always thinking about the next move. I would lose sleep. Wouldn't be eating right. Most of my changes were noticeable to the people close to me. So, why don't you. Obviously, that's just one little sentence, one little statement, but it probably encompasses. Yeah. So much. It, it so, does,
1: yeah. Because um, so like the the person you look at now when you see me compared to the person I would say like even last year is a completely different person just because um like me me before me before all of this right now the senior year of college and things like that like i'm I'm a much more laid-back person now because i back then i was just so encapsulated by this idea that like I, i was looking at it from the point of view i had to be looking five years down the road but then five years turned into 10 years and then 10 years turns into 15 years, and then like I was to the point where I was asking myself, What am I going to be doing when I'm 50? What am I going to be doing when like when I have to retire? And all and then all this, like all this stuff started consuming me because I started wanting to move too fast instead of slowing it down and
0: looking, looking, you, at m- what's... you might have experienced a midlife crisis a little yeah. too early, yeah. I guess
1: you could say that, yeah, but um, it was it was just a lot of stress and anxiety over, I I guess it was over just the fact of the fact of like, this doesn't last forever. Like this whole, you know, being a college runner, being a student, you know, your life has, life moves on and it moves on fast. And I think it became like very obvious to me, especially last year. Cause what that quote that I used was said to me by my father, actually, he, cause there was one day where I was just, you know at home and i was like doing i think i was doing homework or something i remember and i was freaking out doing the homework and i was like and and he heard me like in my room like yelling at my laptop it was an online assignment i think and he he walks in and he starts seeing like who like how i'm how i'm doing and he starts noticing because because again like it it was true i was losing sleep wasn't eating right like there would be times i would eat like one meal a day at one point and then i would be like okay I'm, I'm, i'm not eating for the
0: rest of the day like that would be it by and the way yelling at the laptop is actually a very common occurrence i think the last <laughs> time we've we yelled at the laptop or a digital screen was uh something roman reigns related we'll get, <laughs> we'll, get we'll get into that later but please go on uh, with um yeah. yeah but we but when
1: he when when he walked in and he he started he he sat down on my bed which he never does this is how i knew like something something was up and he and he looks at me and he goes you're you have to stop this. And I was, and I said, what do you mean? And he goes, all this, like, you know, you're, you're, you're only at the time I was 20, you're only 20 years old. You're only, you're, you're only just now starting to, you know, really experience life, I guess. And, he and when i heard that i was i started kind of taking a step back but then i started telling him but like i have to keep doing i have to keep i have to keep doing all this i have to keep going i have to go full speed ahead or else i'm not going to accomplish what i need to accomplish and then he goes you're going to accomplish what you need to accomplish and he says, and like he says this in really, funny, like, you're my son. You're not. You're going to do it no matter what. And I was like, mm. that, so that, so that right there, like okay, that was like he says that really confidently. So little when, more when, added when does he use?
0: He probably doesn't use that line often. No, does he? he does not. He he,
1: he he great effect. Yeah. Right? He and he when he and then he that's when he said like you need to just step back. You know, like breathe. He he does he the way he did it because the way I I say the quote and the way he actually did it he he goes like like that and then he and then he breathes out and then i then like that's him telling me take a deep breath and then he goes he goes and you leave it up to what your plan is and i and i said and i just said like that's him basically telling me leave it to fate and i was and that moment for me made me realize because not only not only did i not only did i realize he knew what was happening if he knew that means everyone else knew because he's usually the last to really notice things. Ah. So if he knew, that meant my mom knew, my sister knew, my, my girlfriend probably knew, my, all my friends at, at school probably knew, like my best friend who was a teammate of mine that graduated last year, he had known for so long, he even told me like three times before my dad had even told me like, you, you, need, to, you need to slow down, you need to breathe, you need to stop being so stressed. And then that was when I kind of, like those two months off from running, that was that wasn't just like just a break for my body it was also a like a moment for me to you know kind of just take a minute find myself regain myself come back a better person and that's
0: that's basically the story from that article right there and it's crazy because it sounds like <coughs> excuse me pretty much kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back that, it's a it's a little cliche it it's more so as you said even your best friend knew and was probably already giving you so many signs or even maybe even directly telling you, but probably because you were so, maybe not even looking for it or they were all, um, you're so used to hearing from them that it just kind of went in one ear, one out the other. And in this case, someone that you're the least expected person still close to you, who who probably is quiet, never says anything. Mm -hmm. Boom. Out of nowhere.
1: Yeah my my dad my dad and i talk that's that's one thing about me and my dad we we do talk it's not like we don't cuz i just i kind of made it sound like that we don't talk but we do talk but the thing that the thing that like that doesn't happen a lot is those kinds of talks like me and him we will talk about anything together it could be from music to like athletics to sports to to even i don't know we could talk about like what happened in wrestling that week and he and and it'll it'll just expand from there. But by the way,
0: when he mentions wrestling people, uh we are talking about the true art form of professional wrestling. <laughs> none of that NC none of that NCAA, three minute period, you know. We we're talking about you, you need to throw strikes, people need to be hit by chairs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Promos. Yes, promos.
1: <laughs> Please go on. Um but but when when he sits me down to say those kinds of things especially especially when it comes to telling me you know hey you need to you need to stop doing this or you need to take a step back and and re reevaluate things that uh, that for me is when at any at any moment is when i realize like okay this is it like i need to i need to change this i need to work on this i need to i need to take a take a minute for myself here and that uh, that moment that moment was huge for me specifically because it, it wasn't just affecting, you know, people around me, it was also affecting, you know, athletics, it was affecting school at some points and and the, and that's like the two things that pretty much matter the most at this moment. It just because, you know, running requires me to requ- requires me to go so I can actually, you know, get some of my tuition paid off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also And also school is just, it's my career. It's like where I have a lot of goals in terms of what I want to do with my life. And, and it starts with this. So if he notices that I'm risking everything because I'm doing all these stupid habits and I'm not doing the right things from his point of view and from pretty much everyone's point of view at that point, because it wasn't just him. uh, I've, I
0: needed, I needed to stop and I needed to just fix myself. And it's interesting. Just two points to bring up. One, um, when you were talking about how you were uh, yelling at the laptop, you were freaking out because of, you were even thinking like, oh, all of this is going to change eventually too. Mm-hmm. It's, do you think it's because of you chose such a disciplined approach to both school and sports where, um, in running, as you were just mentioning, you just rattled it right off your entire routine of training. Mm-hmm there's a entire regiment where you pretty much got used to that routine. Same thing. um, Most likely with your studies as well, too. There's probably a specific routine of this time, do this, this time, do that. And you probably started realizing that that routine was most likely going to, well, it comes to an end, but it's also going to change obviously because you're going to be graduating from college very soon. Mm -hmm. So, Do you think that was one part of it of do you find yourself as a person who really enjoys routine and hates when uh, monkey wrenches get thrown in it? Or do you thrive on that?
1: I, I personally think I like judging from the way you just said it, which is basically like a psychological evaluation right there. I, I think that's a backseat parenting (laughs) evaluation, but go on. (laughs) I think, uh, I, th- I think so yeah i would have to say so because i'm usually about having plans i'm usually very much about that if i if i like to wing things i use i like to do spontaneous
0: things too it's not like i don't but uh, it's not a knock on you man yeah it's no. mo- it's more. It, there are there are people who are just very yeah. uh regiment and they have a lot of orderliness in their life and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah it just comes into the into the case where, uh, as, as I was saying, if you're the type of person that mm-hmm. is just very organized, that's what a lot of people depend mm-hmm. on. That's um, a very great virtue to have. It's just like, uh, you know, when you have your uh, fight characters in uh, Smash Brothers, right? yeah. some of them have their strengths, and then obviously some of them mm-hmm. have their weaknesses, and then some of them are probably OP and cheap, and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, you're playing that character. Yeah, but, there's there's
1: that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, but but in, th- um,
0: but in this case, you're not op you're just human yeah. like anyone else you the 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 yin to your yang yeah. would be someone who is all you know they never plan anything mm-hmm. they're just you know kind maybe, of like go by the wind go by the wind man mm-hmm. you know yeah. oh what do you do we really have to do i just go where 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 fate you know fate takes me man <laughs> you know that's that's actually like
1: i pretty much took some of that philosophy and applied it to my life that's like basically what the quote is all about right there because my dad I wouldn't say my dad is about that lifestyle but he definitely doesn't have to always have a plan when it comes to it like is he cuz cuz when he t- he'll tell you straight up the way he he parented me he never had a plan for the way he parented me he always just saw what I was doing and he would make sure that he did his best to guide me in the right direction and with with the what you just said with me having a routine I would have to say yeah I guess I do work best in a routine because if I have to have certain points in the day where I do certain things, like I have to eat at a certain point in the day, I have to, I have to do my homework at a certain point in the day. Um, practice is always assigned at a certain point in the day, so it's never going to change. But, but yeah, I guess I do work better in a routine. And uh, spontaneous things, never out of the question. I do like doing those, but uh,
0: I guess I work better with the routine. So I got you. Yeah. What my second point is actually not a point, it's more of a, more of a question. A lot and as someone who is also formally uh, Actually not formally, still very currently used to routines as well, too. I'm a software developer I have to have you know, a very logical coding mind and Can't leave things up to chance in m- the majority of the cases and probably one of and I would you can um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I bet one of the more Annoying things especially after you realize that you had to start quote, you know leaving up to fate mm-hmm. Probably one of the more annoying things people just tell you or the advice that you probably roll your eyes at is, oh, man, just take it easy or <laughs> relax. Yeah. Just let it go. You know, for someone who is very orderly. What did you find in the beginning after you realized Okay. Yes, I do have to change a bit. of I have to be less strict, less stringent. I have to stop putting so much pressure on myself. I got to realize that um, that I've done all I can, and to quote, leave it up to fate. How do you implement that? That was oh man, that was a process. But um,
1: <laughs> of course. that was that was probably like one of the like that was probably one of the most challenging things I've had to do. Ba- basically what i ended up doing most of the time was on moments where i would freak out i would take like i would i always have water with me that is something that people like know people know me by usually my friends will be my friends will be like do you have an extra bottle of water and i'll always say yeah i do you want one and then i'll just give it to them because i always have like really yeah is that why you
0: have water I thought you just wanted to cheat me out and bring in beer to my pay-per-view <laughs> events, man. I'm
1: kidding. Go ahead. I knew that. But but so the, the one thing I would always do, which was really, really funny, was every single time I felt myself, you know, starting to get like, I guess I would, I guess the word I can use is anxious. Like anytime I would start doing that, I would just like sit down and take a big gulp of water and then do exactly what my dad said was take a deep breath, and then I would just kind of evaluate what was happening, and then. Does that from why he always
0: excused himself mid match to go to the bathroom? Is that, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that's that so was that, one of the that, things I did. It looks like a, one of the one of the things. Were, were there any others, or um, is it still just a, a work in progress? Which is um,
1: it's it's still very much a work in progress. Yeah. I think I could say that I, it's very safe to say, but uh one of the things i started implementing which was this was over the summer i started doing was a lot of um just you know you know when people just go for walks just to clear their head and have music and i have music in my ears when Mm -hmm. i'm doing it um one of the main songs i like to listen to when i feel myself starting to you know get stressed and start breathing a little heavy is i play this song by john mayer it's called new deep and he says like one of the one of the lines in the song i think is like ever since i stopped trying to find every little meaning in life Mm-hmm. I, that's like that that's something that rings with me every single time because that's exactly like what I basically used to do And he when I listen to that song, it's just like it kind of not only doesn't mellow me But it makes me realize okay. Remember what you're doing
0: here. Remember what remember the whole process we're going through right now Do you have to do uh, those type of interruptions like good interruptions? Do you have to do those to break yourself out of a focus? Um, so you don't get frustrated as well as, do you still do it to break out of your focus even when things are going well? To just kind of keep that, like, rhythm of, all right, even mm-hmm. though things are going great, I, I know what happens if I stay yeah. locked on too long.
1: That's, um, that's a good question, actually. But um, I definitely, when I'm getting frustrated, I'll definitely do it just because I know I need it. Um, but when, I'm, when things are going good, that's a good question because I definitely, I, I get anxious when things are going good. It's a fun. It's a weird fact. I, I do get anxious when things are going good, just because I'm feeling like I'm waiting for the next thing to happen, and and that's it's a what weird. What do you mean by next thing to happen? Like, as in
0: like a good thing a or good, bad good thing? Good or thing or bad thing? Are you one of those type of people? Who's like yeah, something bad's about to come around the corner. I wouldn't want to say. You know what maybe actually <laughs> are you one of those people that are, that are just like oh man too much good stuff is happening yeah, today i'm going like, to get like run over by a bus just to that's, that's definitely everything. like
1: one of that's definitely <laughs> sometimes i do say that no those there's things, a yeah. lot of people out there yeah. like that there I, are a
0: lot of people out there like that
1: i i definitely yeah i have those moments yeah but i think the main like i i think the main thing when i'm when something's going good is like when anything is going good is that i'm usually always just anxious about the next thing that's going to happen. It doesn't have to be necessarily be a bad thing. It's just because I like, I kind of want to know what's going to happen. But at the same time, mm. that's what my dad, yeah. it means by like, you need to always being in control. Yeah. That's, that's one of, that was one of the main things I said, like being in control and realizing that I need to not be in control is, is because I'll always take a walk when I start to think like that, or I'll st- even, I'll just stay in my room and listen to music
0: or something. So as far as music, um, I noticed you mentioned john mayer and besides the lyrics to that song is there any other particular reason why that song speaks to you or is it because of john mayer uh, as far as just like the genre or is it the um any other musicality to it is it the songwriting i would say because the, the album itself is called heavier things that album
1: so it's he he talks about a lot of things on that album i've listened to it in its entirety and he he mentions there's like one song called something's missing and i listen to that too because sometimes i feel like that because he's he basically what he's saying in that song is he has everything but he still feels like something isn't there for him and he and so and then new deep follows that song on the album so whenever i i try to like listen to those two songs back to back because the first song is basically like how i felt before and the second song is me, like not after working my, on myself, but me working on myself currently, and me realizing that me before isn't
0: what I needed. So you're more of like a, a, a lyric analyst. Yeah. Like you really enjoy yeah. uh, music for the lyrics
1: and and also the music because okay there's like I'll give an example of like songwriting that I've that I've I I heard once that like from the moment like I heard it from the first note I was like okay this song is. This song is is amazing. I guess I'll use that word. Um, it's "A Strange" by Guns N' Roses, and like the piano in that song, just the piano, and not even the lyrics, because the, the the lyrics are the lyrics are great. It's not like they're not, but the there's like the guitar in that song. Slash did an amazing job on that song. He was the just hearing the solos and everything, and like the little moments, and that you, that you hear between him and I think it's um, Izzy or Dizzy, I think, on the keyboard or whatever. And, he, and hearing the little moments they have together, because they coincide with each other a lot, and when you hear them both playing, it's just like, it puts you from like, it, you could be up here, and then it'll just put you down here when you hear them playing, because you're, you just get relaxed, and you realize it's just it like, you, you realize that you can just, you're just going to sit there and mellow out
0: like like a vegetable for a little bit. <laughs> you are actually helping Dear Warren Podcast hit three for three, because the first two guests were musicians, and you yourself not only are do you obviously enjoy music, but I do play. Yes, you do play.
1: I play. Um. So there's a there's a few things to me that I play. Um. My primary instrument uh, is the piano. I've been playing that since I was four. Uh, ah. Yeah, it's a lifelong thing.
0: Really? Yes. Okay. I um, was. Uh, it was more so. Um, I think I wanted to play baseball, but then my parents were like, "Nah, you're taking piano lessons." So really? yeah, typical Asian family, I, et cetera. I don't have so. a
1: similar story, but it was somewhat about like the same, like it's not, okay, it's not the same at all, but my parents had given me the option to pick between sports mm-hmm. or doing something else. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me a bunch of options. I remembered for the something else and they took me to this piano school it's called driggs academy uh-huh. and i hear my my teacher who like what ended up being my teacher playing moonlight sonata she plays it right in front of me i'm a four-year-old and then which, she's m- which movement uh the first movement okay i believe yeah so the th- the she wouldn't pl- the third movement if you played the third movement i probably would have been mem- mesmerized and like terrified at the same time but i hear the first movement and I'm, I'm hearing her play and then she finishes. She looks at, like, she looks over. She was talking to my mom as she was playing, which was, I, like, immediately you're looking at, that's intimidating just watching someone. They're playing a song of that level and just looking at someone talking to them at the same time as they're doing it. So she, and then afterwards she looks at me and, like, you know, she speaks to me like any adult would to a child. Like, do you want to do this? Would you want to give this a chance? And, like, when I hear, when I was hearing her playing, I, like, four year old me at the time, like, couldn't comprehend a lot of things but like i knew for a fact that like in my head i was like i want to do that <laughs> nice i, I want to do that that like because like, just hearing it and then like seeing the way she was moving and seeing the way like not just not the way not just the way the song sounded but seeing like the emotion in her at the time because this is like one of my earliest memories i have to say too just seeing like her emotion into the
0: song like it it, it was just mesmerizing i think how did you get pulled into that as far as I want to do that? Versus, what year was that about? That was four years old. That was um, 2000, I believe. How did that pull you in and not, what was the system in 2000? Was it PlayStation? Was it? Was it GameCube? Uh, I believe
1: PlayStation 2 might have been coming out around yeah. that time. Or, and GameCube, I think, was out
0: already. I'm pretty yeah. sure. N64 or, definitely was out. Because yeah. I remember playing a lot of WWF No Mercy around like two thousand one, and it was already like an older system. Yeah. So how did piano grab you as opposed to what a lot of kids? Uh, oh, video games or something else? Uh, Do you? Re- I'm I'm asking a lot of you. Yeah, this, this is, is like, four years old. Uh,
1: well, I did play video games back then. That was like that's another big thing about me that we'll get into we'll later get into on. That. Yeah, but um, but but i think what really got me into piano was just like like for for like another fun fact about me like being being good at running or like okay being good at sounding cocky but like getting getting to a point in running where like i can compete well are those headphones
0: fitting you yeah they are you're sure the head's not too big for them <laughs> all right
1: go ahead <laughs> <laughs> Go on. that was a good one that was a ah. good one but getting to a point and running like through hard work and everything where i could compete well was just a bonus mm-hmm. because like i had i don't have much athletic talent that's another fun fact about me like most of it comes from a lot of just hard work and discipline and training like any like any other athlete would say that but a lot of athletes also do have you know natural athletic talent mm-hmm. that just blesses them and so getting good at the sport yeah you have you
0: from this from what you have told us and just the manner that you describe your regiment and everything it you have a very high level of dedication and discipline towards it because uh what's the definition of discipline that a lot of coaches say uh discipline is doing something when you don't want to do it yeah so obviously getting up at 6 a.m and Mm -hmm. running more than 200 meters you know that's just (laughs) discipline man. that is just discipline um, please go back to what you were saying as far yeah. as why you chose piano. Um,
1: but like choosing, choosing piano at the time and also like not, also just not realizing it at the time, but realizing it, you know, later on in life, like probably when I, be, I was hitting my preteen years, last teenage years, um, it made me just feel like I could do something and do it well at the same time while doing it because starting to do it, you know, no one's music is just full-on practice, you know, that's you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And as you see yourself getting better and better at something, it becomes just 10 times more fun. And from my point of view, and so as I got better and better at the piano, I started to realize, like, you know, as I see, a lot of my friends were good at sports and I see them, you know, like getting these accolades and doing, and, you know, having people acknowledge them. Like my way of getting acknowledged was through, you know, playing the piano and, you know, seeing people, at recitals and stuff they would be applauding after i would play a song performance yeah the yeah performance yeah but after after a performance like just seeing people applauding and then like the first time someone like someone stood when i performed like that was like one of those moments where i'm just like yeah like i, I did it
0: <laughs> like, how old did do you,
1: uh, you remember that that was when Ballpark. i was around 13 or 14 i played okay. i remember the song i played i played the oh, raindrop right. prelude Uh, by chopin Mm -hmm. which is like if any of you have seen that old halo 3 commercial where they have a little action figures like like standing still like like that it's like a commercial they have the little action figure standing still with a piano playing in the background
0: you can tell people what to youtube yeah
1: just just look up halo 3 trailer like any halo 3 like like just look up halo 3 trailers and you'll see it's like and it's just gonna show you like a bunch of action figures standing
0: still and, hope, just and hopefully uh, Halo 3 or The Residuals will be av- ads for this podcast at some yeah. point, right? Pushing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Well, what, what else? Well, I'm um, working on a MacBook. I have a... What is this? <laughs> yeah, Poland Spring Water with you. Oh, we're just plugging in all the <laughs> brands here. Okay. <laughs> but, um, that's awesome, though, that yeah. you have you started finding a, a little bit of your niche or a level of acceptance mm-hmm especially through performance, obviously. Yeah. You, you know that uh, the old quote about, I don't think it's about anything. It's just an, it's just an old quote. Have you ever heard this one? Um, do you know what is an artist's greatest drug?
1: I don't think I've heard this. And I'm surprised my teacher never said it to me either. But well, like you have to tell me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Audience applause.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Gives you a little something to think about there. Yeah, definitely. So, but going back, that that type of applause, when you know, for someone, especially in preteen years or even growing up, it's a it's a hell of a rush.
1: Yeah. Right. It definitely is. Yeah, and like another thing was when um, because not I just don't only play the piano, but I, I play the trombone also, and I remembered when um, my. M- my teacher and you probably hear this from adam too adam being his brother my brother-in-law yeah probably like,
0: have him on for a for something we'll figure <laughs> something out for you Adam.
1: <laughs> but shout out to adam um he like adam <laughs> could probably tell you this too he our teacher in um, high school for band jazz band mm-hmm. he he was rough on everybody like he wasn't like he if he felt I like heard. He, if he if he felt like you weren't good enough to to hang with like his standards mm. he would just call you out on it and then he would also make you feel bad about it oh. so like when like being with him like and as a trombonist like i think like one of the quotes I got from him was is like, I'll never tell you good job because that's the worst thing I think I could ever say to you. Hmm. And you know,
0: at the same time It's like, a little bit of a uh, interesting philosophy there. Yeah. I think uh, certain parents are gonna be triggered listening to this. Yeah, they will be, yeah. <laughs> but he but like other parents are gonna be like, Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna do it. <laughs> Beat him
1: <'em." laughs> But yeah, like that was that that was rough because um because like getting acceptance from him and like hearing like Like hearing like a compliment from him was you had to like you obviously had to earn it like it went through just straight practice and also realizing that you you have to put more time like put more time in it than you thought you did and when i remember the first time i got recognition from him was when he became director of the marching band Mm -hmm. and i I remember like I, i i practiced my butt off from like freshman through sophomore year to be able to earn like this the i remember it was the school's trombone he got it for the school and it was this shiny like trigger trombone that's really expensive and Mm -hmm. he gave it to me and he goes yeah i know like you like like my like you like because i did we do auditions every year to see who gets what chair and he's like you yeah you earned this like you're gonna be the like it's it's called the bass trombone and he's like you earned this like you're gonna be like you're gonna basically be leading like the lower the lower some octave sounding instruments and i said okay so but nice. my senior year was like the first time I ever earned a compliment from him every single time up until that point. Like he had basically just been, I guess, roasting me in in practices and things like that, because he would be like, you're not playing this right. You're not doing this right. And then I it was the playoff game. And I remember that a big marching band performed before us. And that was from New Providence. And I heard, I saw them perform, and I'm like, man, like we, we don't, we can't hang with these guys. Like that's like big league stuff. These guys are definitely competing in like state competitions. So we play, and I remembered afterwards, like the trombone section from that band comes like and swarms me, and they're like, you know, because he had surrounded the show around my sound that year, which mm-hmm. was I I, I what appreciated. Did you guys, it. What did you
0: guys play? It was a Bruno Mars theme show, <laughs> and which was, obviously features lower register instruments. Yeah
1: and he and so um that year he surrounded like the show around my sound and like basically gave me a lot of notable moments in each song and I, I that also was like kind of frustrating to me because i also wanted like like my fellow friends that were in there that really wanted that really wanted to get that special moment in a song to have it and like a lot of solos. Them think, did you
0: get a solo is that what you yeah
1: think? yeah it's a solos yeah like they like they want, like, a lot of kids wanted that and they wanted to, you know, perform because everyone wants to have that, especially in their, like, in their final year. And I was kind of frustrated because a lot of, like, indirect hate was going towards me because he, he felt like I was the one that, that deserved it. There's and battles,
0: people. Yeah. Sorry, like, sorry to just slightly interrupt, but there's battles for solos. That one's for you, just like Yeah. Just like for, even if, uh, for people who are, have no idea what they're, uh, as far as trying to do something in music. Um, it's it's pretty much the same type of competitive spirit with sports as mm-hmm. well too, where you're fighting for that first string position mm-hmm. whether it be for a captain position mm-hmm. an alternate captain in this case you're fighting for as you said, uh, a solo where you get that nice uh, exposed piece where mm-hmm. where uh, usually everyone is playing in unison and then only one instrument is out there, and they're yeah. and they're put just like if you listen to a slash guitar solo in Guns N' Roses, this is the marching band equivalent yeah. of it. And um, it's interesting that you were saying that you had to pretty much take the fight, fight, yeah. fight for uh, a solo, because as we mentioned, my uh, brother-in-law Adam. Um, I heard he had to do a bit to oh fight for his God. guitar solos. And
1: you will not understand how much I wanted to fight for him as well, because he had more than earned his place at that point. Oh yeah. and The teacher was just giving him shit. Yeah. And because he, he wasn't... Um, like I, I'll never forget the one time we were practicing, and Adam, Adam busts out a great solo like i remembered that like as we're doing it like everyone's like jamming to it and everyone's having a good time to it like even and even the drummer who like in, in a ja- in jazz band especially the drummer has to stay very focused on the conductor and st- stay focused on his part like i see him like you know like like tuning out and like jamming out to his stuff and then he stops us as soon as adam finishes and goes and goes you know adam like i don't i don't feel the story you're trying to tell me with that and i'm just there wait, like who, wait
0: who was the teacher said this
1: yeah this was this was mis- his name oh okay i'm not gonna say oh, okay you're never
0: have... gonna say names my bad <laughs>
1: um yeah i almost i almost slipped that it's but all right. he but he says that to
0: to adam this is like four I'm, or five years yeah, later. this is
1: like four yeah this is four years later you about. get a
0: one year uh you know safety on as we've gone over on this podcast for spoilers on like Game of Thrones are breaking bad, all right? <laughs> and they ended years ago. So if we say something like Snape killed Dumbledore or anything, too bad if you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Did you oh, hear that? Man. Millions of kids just shrieked. Yeah. My friend <sighs> My friend know. my friend
1: Nick hopefully doesn't listen to this and shriek as well, but because he hasn't seen, he hasn't, he says he's only going to see the movies, but like, and he's not going to read the books, but he, uh, he, if he hears this, he's going to kill me.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, we get to spoil Harry Potter for him? Yeah. Is that what we just did? Yeah, we oh, just did. Yeah. And, at, and at the very end, um, um, <laughs> what is it? Darth Vader comes, shakes hands with Harry Potter and that's how the, whatever, Harry Potter, Star Wars universe combined. Spoiler.
1: 2020, there's a crossover movie coming
0: out. <gasps> awesome um <laughs> but yeah that that story yeah, I, like... I heard he had to fight for that and and adam has come to me with his frustrations with trying to bust out um because he went on a, a non-traditional track to um, yeah he, music. He, adam... he took he took some guitar lessons from mm-hmm. me and really really wanted to play more mm-hmm. jazz so yeah. i'm like dude just try out for that jazz band. Here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And he hit, and I, I hope that prepped them more than enough to I, I handle believe the pressures. You did. Of it. So I believe you did because, um,
1: because you know, Adam, uh, like it goes, you know, usually by, um, by, by, um, by like, you right. know, seniority. Sorry. My, my phone just started buzzing guys.
0: No, I'm um, sorry. Right. If, if you got to answer that, you can answer nah, it. We nah. won't hit pause. We get to listen in. Who was <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> it was, it was a fraternity brother of mine. Okay. He's probably just need to ask me a question or something. But he but Adam especially like just seeing what he had to fight for because it usually the way it works in these things is like it goes by seniority. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the the upperclassmen get their get their time to shine and get their moments and the underclassmen are usually left to, you know, be patient and you know know their role and know their place as it, as it goes on. And we and seeing what he had to go through because at times i would see you know just see the guitarist that was above him and i would be seeing him and i would be like man like i know for a fact Adam plays circles around you and i'm not Ooh. and i and i would be Ooh. and i would and i would just be there because like i I knew, I knew what adam could do and i was and, and i was there like and and it was the same way with um at one point with me in the trombone section like i knew that i could play circles around some people but like you know they i had to wait my moment and i had to and i had to serve my time like they did and competitive s- people yeah <laughs> this is
0: what well this is what you get when you have young hungry uh musicians who as you said you fe- you felt the taste of that that applause when you were four years uh no 13 years old yeah having a standing ovation you know what is at stake people fight for that and it's the and people who are into sports like well, oh, what are you what are you talking of, uh, about it's the same thing as being picked for first overall pick it as a quarterback it's the same thing as uh the adrenaline rush can be equivalent to scoring that winning touchdown hitting that home run that's what uh, musicians live for and in either case hard work is involved in order to get there it's Mm -hmm. not just oh i'm just playing a bunch of random notes in order to uh accomplish this to some it's that but to some it's that yes i think what must have been really been driving you crazy um, especially since you were talking about grade school and running and having people who are quote, faking injuries mm-hmm. and um, being lazy compared to your level of dedication to that sport. Probably the same thing with music as well too. Cause I'm sure at, at least from my experience, there was a good, maybe like 80% of the people who are in band just because I, guess they, want, I, the, they I, want the credits. They want the grade. Mm-hmm. They want the GPA boost. And if you think about that, I can, you can probably justify why, uh, your teacher was just such a, now lightly speaking, such a dick because probably, no, (laughs) no, uh, seriously speaking, probably a lot of those kids were just little assholes themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and he has to deal with that day in, day Day out.
1: out. For years too. Like, but even before, even before I, like we show up, like he's probably dealing with it for a long time. So I I I understood where he was coming from sometimes, but then sometimes it was
0: unwarranted to some people, which which frustrated me. It's misguided. Yeah, cuz it's he, kind of the leader mentality of like if you're going to instead of like I don't know if you ever saw Full Metal Jacket. You ever see that? Tidbits, never fully. He uh, the drill sergeant um just I forgot his his name. I just know it's drill sergeant. Anyway, <laughs> he obviously just keeps railing this one um private his name's lawrence but he, he nicknames him gomer pile and he just it, it's during basic training the, the gomer pile just keeps fucking up over and over it's just the way he he is it, it's, it's it was during the vietnam war these people didn't voluntarily go and this was the draft yeah so he, he just keeps screwing up so at a certain point the drill sergeant just had it I think uh, Gomer Pyle like snuck a jelly donut into his uh into his <laughs> footlock and he made the entire company do push-ups. And as they're doing that, he yells at them, he goes, You all of you have failed me. Because you have not inspired Gomer Pyle to meet your standards. Wow. Yeah. And so he and he goes, From now on, if Gomer Pyle messes up, I will not punish him. I will punish everybody (laughs) to try and get them to step up their game that's powerful you know what i mean so maybe your music teacher probably wouldn't have been having you do push-ups and uh you know i can kind of see why he had to yell at everyone Mm kind of treat everyone the same way as far as the level of quote meanness or Mm -hmm. the, the way it sounded and you were probably sitting there like dude I'm like one of your best guys. Why are you yelling at me like that? (laughs) How do you, and you kind of got to think about it that way. Like how, how would you possibly feel? Let's say if you were the fuck up or if you were the rookie Mm -hmm. and you found yourself just always getting called out, always getting called out, always getting called out, always getting called out and just no one else. And you knew that you couldn't match the other people's ability, Mm -hmm. at least not yet. Yeah. And especially if you just get... Of uh, getting yelled at the entire time. Yeah, it's a little bit of backseat parenting advice as well too, because I, I think my dad employed that same thing between uh, myself and my sister, regardless of who fucked up. Like he, he, <laughs> he yelled at, at us punished. both, just to kind of like you know spread <laughs> everything out. In the beginning, at least. Later on, I kind of figured out what he was doing, especially after I saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my dad's the drill sergeant. <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that too because that's how my my mom was like. My my mom yeah. was definitely the uh, the the drill sergeant, and my dad was uh, the I guess the supporter in terms of like he kind of just stood there and watched her as she did what she did with us mm-hmm. because she would always keep us in line no matter what. Like I'll never forget the first time my sister talked back to my mom, ah, and I was and and those this are always the... Yeah. I, I remember
0: the first time my sister talked yeah. back to
1: my mom too. Like <laughs> go on, I was like. I just, rem- I, I just remember, I just remembered like the minute she did it, like it was like that like for, for people I wasn't gonna be able to see what I'm about to do, but like it was like that moment where she she says what she says and then she goes like like she covers she the like covers uh, her uh, mouth and realizes, Oh my god, what did I just do? And then Oh she realized what she yeah, did. Yeah, she realized my like, what, sister
0: didn't realize what she did. Like she, I'm so sorry, Gia, calling you out like this, <laughs> but it's a it's a hilarious story. <laughs> but go but, on. But my sister like she realized what she did. And
1: we're both sitting there just looking at each other wide-eyed like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna happen so like my mom like was washing dishes all you hear is like the water turn off and then like and then she like she she, you hear the paper towels rip like she's drying her hands off and it's kind of just like i'm just sitting on the couch like gripping it like oh my god what's gonna happen she comes over and i just see like like my mom has this look in her eyes when she's mad that if you look at her and you, you know, you messed up, like it's, it's over. Then she,
0: every single person is, knows what you're talking about right now.
1: Like she, she looks at like my mom, like look, is looking at us and she's, she starts, she starts going off and and like the, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's the usual Mm -hmm. mom things. Like, you
0: know who you're talking to? Like, you know what I do for you? Like it's the usual stuff. That's very good. Mic control. You got there by the way. (laughs) That's very good.
1: And she, so my sister ends up, like, she ends up dragging my sister. Like, she grabs, like, her hair, you know, usual parent stuff. And then, like, she takes her. She's taking her and then usual
0: she's... Like, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hispanic
1: parent stuff. Like, if, if for all my Hispanic listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you if you understand. If you do not understand, I am a happy person. Don't, don't think I am not a happy person. <laughs> but, um... She has my sister, and then I just remembered, like, I hear my sister, like, like saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then, like, my mom's, like, just continuing to yell in, like, her ear, and, like, and I just, and I'm just sitting on the couch, like, oh. Did you <laughs> ever
0: try to outrun your mother? Hmm. I don't the think The fact that I you have. can't remember probably means the beating was so bad. Yeah, that like, I,
1: I don't, <laughs> if, if, I could tell you right now I don't think I did, but if I did, then, yeah, that's definitely the case, because I'm pretty sure if I attempted to... Well, one, she wouldn't chase me uh-huh. because to, because she would have that mindset like, where is he gonna go? Mm-hmm. Like, where's where's what, like, is he gonna is he gonna like
0: go to the corner and back or something? And he... you'd be surprised because <laughs> I think I was four or five just to share our you know mother discipline stories. Um, and this is a lesson for you, Warren. Learn from my mistakes here. That um, I forgot what I did. I I know I trashed the house. I think I cut my sister's hair. I forgot what it was. Yeah, it oh was it God. was exactly that um this it was i've i i forgot the rest because it, it's obviously so young but what i do remember was that as soon as my mom came in and saw like the mess that i made i was the, the look in her eye pretty much the same all that you know <laughs> the the flame coming out of the eyeballs the the screeching like the like, hair floating n- n- yeah the right. hair floating in, in the wind why is what is that anyway so <laughs> The reason why I asked, did you ever try to outrun your mom? I tried to outrun my mom, and if you look at the staircase, um, the house I grew up in is very similar to this. I obviously, as a kid, I thought I could run away and go to my room, <laughs> so I <laughs> so I run up the stairs, and I'm just a, a little guy. I made it halfway up, and then I felt her grab my ankle because it was it was it just grabbing the ankle. She probably didn't even have to run. She probably just had to reach up. You know? She'd probably have to go up one step. And my little fort you know, scampering up, trying to do a bear crawl up <laughs> up the up the stairs. Grabs my ankle. And I distinctly remember her pulling and me trying to claw and like do like I don't remember the rest. So she probably uh anyway. So the lesson, Warren, don't run up don't try to run up the stairs. Don't run. Just just Face, face it like a man. <laughs> Curl in, you know, watch the Muhammad Ali fights, just lay on the ropes, just let <laughs> just let mom punch herself out. <laughs> Wear herself out. Just just do that George Pro- Foreman shell. Anyway. Just like your MMA, like your MMA
1: training mom. Oh. Geez. Just take just take shots. <laughs> oh, that's
0: right, Jess. Oh. <laughs> Jess would fuck him up. That's <laughs> yeah. what she would do. Oh my god. Jess would... breaks boards. Yeah! Oh my God! She's a fifth she? degree black belt in Taekwondo. She breaks fifth boards. Fifth degree black belt, man. Oh there was man. one. There was one evening we had like a little, uh, uh, not a fire pit. It's the other one. What do you call it? A chimneya? Whatever it is. It's it's yeah. like uh, it's closed and you can open the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were at my parents, and he had uh, my dad had firewood. To, mm-hmm. It was during the fall. We were outdoors, and we started running out of firewood. So then we went downstairs, in my dad's uh, basement, in his little wood shop, and found plywood. You know how plywood is, right? Yeah. It's like, it's layered crisscross yeah. specifically to not allow any type of like breaking or easy breaking. So we, so we found a piece and like, it was like the only piece that like, it was like, yeah, you could use that. And, and we're like, well, we don't have a saw or anything. So Jess mm-hmm. just goes, all right, hold it, hold it really tight. And then she just goes, Sat! and then form, splinters it, breaks it in two, small enough to, to fit into the the chimney fifth degree black belt man come on she's legit so i would not mess with her (laughs) that that being said warren yeah you're kind of fucked if yeah (laughs) jesus man just be really good warren be very very (laughs) good (laughs) for your own sake for your ribs sake
1: yeah (laughs) i mean i know for a fact that wasn't good for my ribs sake sometimes but yeah that's like like the crazy parenting stories are always the best to talk about with people i think because mm-hmm. it's just like you can
0: everyone has a moment where they done fucked up yeah like and
1: you and when you tell the story in the future you're laughing about it but and if
0: you don't remember it's because you fucked up so hard that yeah that beating they, was that beating was bad yeah <laughs> back in the day i don't know i don't know how, how people are doing it are doing it now If if they just like all right we turn off your internet connection we uh I mean, in this day and age with the away way like,
1: iPad. yeah, iPhones and like iPads work, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like they, for, they will have like, that's their form of beating. They, they mm-hmm. can't, they can't use their Twitters or their Instagrams or anything like that.
0: If it's even around by the time Warren Yeah, that up, is true. I, I always think about take that Take away the him. video games. Oh my God. Dude, yeah. that was my punishment. That was the worst. For me, that was, that was it. No, Nintendo. No, I'll do it. I'll do homework. I'll do homework. I swear.
1: <laughs> Well, with me, it was like, um, I could have the video games as long as I like, as long as I didn't do bad in class. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I, if they, if they came home and saw like, let's say a C or something, they would be like, like, Same what do you, to me. like that? Like they would be like, no, like, no, that's it. Like you're getting like, we are taking it off. My yep. dad one time, like he got, he got so livid at the grade that he, he like, he, he acci- like, he accidentally like hit the Xbox on the wall. And you know, like where the, like, you know, like, Dude, light switches. Is this the, old, the
0: old school Xbox. Uh, the, no, the 360. Oh, ah, this okay. is 360. I was gonna say the old school Xbox. That's a that's a pretty it's a hefty piece yeah. of equipment. Like that. No, I'd be surprised th- your wall is still intact if he, chucked <laughs> that thing around.
1: <laughs> no, but he, he didn't throw it. He kind of just like like accidentally like slammed it. I I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was an accident because I wasn't home when it happened, but he slammed it, and like when I came home, all I saw was the hole. And I just remembered. I'm like, did you slam my Xbox? And he's like, and he's like, yeah. Like this is how mad I am. Like look at that thing. And he's like, I don't. I'll be surprised if it's not broken. And I'm like, and like 13 year old Neil was like, man. Like are you serious? Like you broke my Xbox over a grade? And I was just like, oh, whatever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow! There are other ways, uh, Mr. Gomez, <laughs> yeah. to My th- disable an Xbox that does not require physical damage to that <laughs> wonderful piece of hardware. Yeah, there's ways of you know you could take out a, uh, open it, pull out the CPU, which I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is the, this is the the programmer in me thinking. <laughs> um, so when you were growing up, as you just said. Taking away video games was a was a form of punishment. So you must have either really enjoyed them, or you must have been really good at them.
1: It was enjoyment mostly when I was growing up. Um, I was never really mostly like, yeah Uh-oh. like I was never really the best amongst my friends, or like like even even like a, like with my dad. You know, I remember
0: me and my dad would play on um, Smash Brothers on the sixty four and my dad would wait a minute so your enjoyment actually th- I'm, I'm sensing a, a competition in pretty much every single thing that you're doing pretty much yeah I'm, so i can there was say i'm competitive yeah i can say i'm competitive so in you probably didn't enjoy any like rpgs or nice no, like no, adventure games. oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah you I don't I'd have to like, get defensive no, yeah. oh, no i'm not i'm not getting the, the, okay fun fact about my voice mm. anytime
1: i say something it sounds like i'm getting defensive or it sounds like i'm like getting like ready to argue with somebody it's just my voice that's I like one you. of the things that's mm-hmm. like one of the things about me that like people always mistake because like i remember one time someone told me they're like you you have such an attitude about you like i feel like every time like every day when you talk to me you're mad and i was just like this is an ex-girlfriend by the stop way stop yelling
0: at me fernando yeah said something about your smash like, brothers like my, man my, Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my my ex-girlfriend said that to me and i'm like i'm not getting i'm not mad i'm not like ever really like like frustrated or anything I'm like, is wait, is i like wait was your talk. ex-girlfriend yeah is my oh, ex-girlfriend mad. like she was mad yeah she was de- yeah, yeah she was she was, was, was so she was so she's mad so about up it with you yeah she was so mad about that and i and i just remembered telling her like it's just my like i, I can't really change the way i talk so like we gotta we gotta find a compromise here oh, if like, is this is gonna work and then oh boy. clearly clearly as time has shown it did not
0: work hmm. <laughs> hence the ex yeah but but so competitive like, gaming with your dad yeah that was, was your that dad was, was your dad like going uh to be like what i'm gonna be to Warren, which is kind of like a like a like a dick gamer like <laughs> like dad to him? Mean, where i'm 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 not I gonna think, let you win dude i think I'm he really was. not gonna let you win i'm pretty i don't sure let he was. jess win right jess and <laughs> Mario we played Mario Kart last night and I just made sure after every single time that I beat her I just said where where are you hon? you know where, where are you and, and all we were doing was that since we just got it we're trying to like just finish like the, the first levels just to unlock new cars (laughs) it's like it's it's like we're doing co-op but i'm still trashing her that's what i'm probably going to be doing to warren is is that what your dad i think i'm pretty yeah my dad did do that (laughs) yeah because i remembered
1: um mario kart was a thing on the 64 i just Mm -hmm. remembered he used to he, he used to body me and my sister like my my sister would be my sister would be finishing like fifth or fourth usually and then i would be second and my dad would be first but like my dad would be first by like a mile and then i would be like trailing of course i would would be trailing so far behind so i would always just assume second and then if i
0: had a chance at first i would go for it but this is this is a lesson to you more nothing is handed to you not even (laughs) mario kart victories
1: and then smash brothers was even worse because um fighting games and I'd never played a fighting game up until that point. Really? So I, like my dad, my dad knew how to play fighting games. I didn't. So I was basically learning and trying to compete with him at the same time. So he would be playing Link, and I would be playing Donkey Kong, and I'd be getting just knocked left and right. And I would be like, "Man, like how do you do what you're doing?" And then he's like, "You just do this and this." And like four or five year old me is just like. Like my, my hands yes. are my hands can barely hold the controller, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? This is what I do.
0: And that was a weird controller too, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, this is for N64. Yeah, this was for N64. This is it. It, it was it wasn't even intuitive for mm-hmm. for me as an adult. Yeah, then like I, that's why
1: whenever I see them, whenever I would go to Smash tournaments and if there was an N64 portion of it.
0: And I would see them playing and doing what they do with like their characters. I'd be like man props to you I would never be able to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to back up a little bit here as 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 Fernando had had just mentioned um, yes, there are such thing as tournaments for these type of of fighters and For those who have never watched any type of eSports or are always wondering uh, What is it with these people and kids these days they like to watch other kids play games? it's it's because it's actually a very competitive scene a very lucrative scene um it's been going on for a very long time a very long time uh it, it has gone under different monikers uh, the latest one is, as as fernando has mentioned esports yes and it's even something when um in that noise in the background is is my dog hobbs just taking a drink it's been a while i know he's got to <laughs> hydrate as well too um back when video gaming was first coming out, I remember seeing a comic strip of, uh, it was Far Side or some type of like Far Side related comic. And it showed two parents watching their kid play a video game. And then <laughs> a little thought bubble uh, comes uh, out of their heads and they see, like, oh, uh, video game playing job for. You know, at that time, like hundred. In other words, they were they were really hoping that at that time in the early eighties that oh maybe there's yep. a job for a kid if they they play video games, which no one ever thought yeah that would could happen. That, that is the evolution of it, which
1: is crazy because you're and it's funny I say evolution because like the biggest fighting game tournament in the world, Evolution, is what it's called. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called. Yeah,
0: and he, I was and I I think that's what I was I was watching. Um, uh, I think it was Evolution. It was uh this guy. Uh, armada armada oh versus, my god versus mango. mango
1: yeah that's the first search the, that that came up that is probably like the most historic rivalry and yeah. like and male in the gamecube version of the game which is a melee that mm-hmm. is probably like
0: the most historic rivalry and like that in that game's like history and to all those people who are especially the 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 older folk older than me haha <laughs> 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 excuse me as i cough and almost die probably before them <laughs> um i this you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of uh there was i remember watching a larry king you know larry mm-hmm. king right? yeah he was interviewing not tony hawk he was interviewing some other skateboarder and he was just so it was years after like uh, x games and and extreme sports had, had already like Already past its prime. Mm -hmm. So everyone knew that. Yeah, you can get endorsement deals. You there's video game deals There's so much money to be made if you're a professional skateboarder and He was just asking questions like oh, so you skateboard, huh? Yeah, you make money off of that like he could he he couldn't (laughs) seem to fathom that a kid could do something Excel Mm-hmm. At a uh, at a at a sport such as uh, skateboarding yeah. and and make money off of it, as opposed to traditional sports. It's, it's funny you
1: mentioned that kind of thing because uh like recently in um on a Good Morning America, I believe it's in a uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. I think it was the L.A. like viewership that got to see this. They had a, a melee player. He's from Sweden. For that's where Armada is from, mm-hmm. and his name is Leffen, and he. And they had him on, and they were basically, like, what he had to do while also giving an interview about, like, you know, him playing and his, like, his experiences in playing was explain how, you know, like, the money comes in with these, with, with all these endorsements now that comes, mm-hmm. that goes into esports, you know, he plays for Red Bull and this team called Team Solomit that's sponsored by... A bunch of different companies like i think asus is one of the sponsors mm-hmm. um the red- computer company yeah the computer company yeah and red bull <laughs> red i think he also is like indirectly sponsored by red bull so just because tsm is also sponsored by mm-hmm. by red bull and he's explaining all of this to them and they're all kind of just looking at him wide-eyed like like this is a thing like this is, like yeah. these people do this like like and it's and it's also crazy because you have all these notable names in professional gaming now too like um, Shaquille O'Neal and Alex Rodriguez, they own a gaming company called NRG. Um, Rick Fox, not, not many people know who he is, but he's a former NBA player. He created his own team called Echo Fox. And you have all these like notable names investing into this because it's making money. They yeah. they—they like,
0: they, I, I think they see it more as an investment opportunity. Yeah. And they're riding the wave as opposed to that they're actually yeah, don't know the, really like, Rick Fox is the hardcore. one that's more into it. Yeah. And, or they came up gaming. Mm-hmm. Or they may love games, you know. I I, I can't I, know, I can't I judge Shaq, them that much. I know Shaq
1: makes like his guest appearances at places. Mm-hmm. Like I remembered, he did with uh with the the latest installment of Smash, which is for the Wii U. He mm-hmm. did a set with him at a tournament once, which was really really funny to watch. Just because he like obviously he's not <laughs> he's not gonna beat them. He's kind of just smack talking the entire way, mm-hmm. like just trying to trying to you know provide entertainment value but to, just to see like how far it's come like compared to like in the past when you would see like these kids like with the low quality streams on websites and mm-hmm. with the very muffled
0: commentary not, e- not even streams like actual trying to like people uh trying to broadcast it on like, like cameras yeah. G- g4 TV? yeah g4 tv I, I, f- I forgot yeah. what the
1: the channels were g4 tv <clears throat> and all that yeah so and, and now when you're seeing the channels that broadcast, like, Evo was being broadcasted by Disney XD, like, mm-hmm. the Sunday portion of it, which is, like, a like the biggest day of it, they go to, like, I hate to say, like, the place it was at because, you know, just the tragedy that just happened there, which is at the Mandalay Bay, mm-hmm. um, the casino, mm. where the shooting just happened, which is, like, you know, prayers to them, but... Um, the the way like just that that was where the Sunday portion was held and you know to see the arena like filled. just filled to for, to watch people go crazy over these guys playing video games and seeing guys on the stage playing video games was just it was it was kind of it it, it kind of like a full circle moment cuz a lot of them when they get interviewed about it mm-hmm. they they just that's like the most steamed words like it, it, it comes full circle when you really get to look around and you see all these people watching us mm-hmm. and you know that this is actually a viable career option yeah.
0: now you know, through YouTube and Twitch and things like that. And all other types of endorsement deals. And yeah. I think people are scratching their heads when uh, I mentioned those two gamer names, Armada and Mango. Yeah. I think they're actually scratching their heads and they're like, is his name really Mango? Oh, no, no, of course not. That's his gamer tag. There we that's go. A, that's gamer the proper tags, Yeah, Yeah. Gamer tags is, is the, the lingo for... You know what? Now that I think about it, I think gamer tags are the only type of like names that people can give themselves and it's ex- socially acceptable. Like you ever notice you can't give yourself your own nickname. Someone else mm-hmm. has to give you the nickname. Yeah. I would or else say it's that a, it, it's, it's seen as extremely douchey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's definitely the way it gamer tags goes. are the own. I think they're the only type of like labels that you can actually give to yourself because mm-hmm. at that point, you have to make that name yourself mm-hmm. because if you give yourself the nickname, a nickname, usually nicknames are are like uh, like something out of like uh, Rocky, like Italian Stallion, <laughs> or uh, the Destroyer, or something. Or kind of just sounds dumb. <laughs> it does sound dumb. And yeah, very guess, pretentious. Like if you, you decide to give it, give yourself the, the those like <laughs> nicknames. It has to be, like, given to you. Yeah, like, it's... It's like it, earned. Because some of them are humiliating, but they're, like, endearing. Because that's how, mm-hmm. like... People uh, know their, you your friends. Knowing like, they hear that name and they're like, oh, like, that's... that's There's there's a, a whole thing with, with my dad, at least in, in Thai culture. That's what they grow up as. They have their official first name. But, like, as they grow up, everyone calls each other by, by their nickname. And uh, my dad's nickname was Lek, which translates to uh, Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, who knows exactly why? But that's the like to this day. Um, sometimes when I hear uh, my mom answer the phone, and uh, you can hear them asking for lek. They don't ask for my dad by his first name. They ask, they ask by for lek by the nickname. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and it's earned like that, and that and is earned, and, yeah. and in and in Thailand, it's uh in in Thai culture, it it can it's so brazen. As far as, I don't know if Brace is the right word, but it's just so, like if, for example, he, he said that there was this kid who just had a lot of pimples or something, and they called him Sue, which means pimple, that he just, he, that's just, it's just very, uh, what is it, truthful, almost, what's, I'm trying to think, Mr. College Kid, well, mm. what's a good synonym for truthful to the point of very, like, almost offending? but it's just like in your face raw I don't know I would say brutal honesty but that's uh, like there two go. words there's, yeah. a, there's a there's a brutal honesty to a lot of their nicknames but it's endearing in a, in a in a way so back to gamer tags yeah but he obviously chose Armada the other one obviously chose mango he, uh what's your gamer tag my gamer tag is
1: fern which is basically just a shorten of my name but uh, that was
0: you could you could I got gotcha. like it was
1: it was but like the reason why is because um anything coming up with anything else was just it felt weird Mm -hmm. to like refer to myself in any other way when it comes to games Mm -hmm. when it comes to gaming at least because um so like i'll give you an example my one friend who i would go to local tournaments with and also attend the big tournaments with him his his name is nick but his gamer tag was kingpin and he like when i when i hear that like he obviously has a meaning behind it and Uh all that but then like Better back that up. Yeah. With, with me, like, with me when it comes down to, with me when it comes down to it was because the reason why it's fern was because, well, it's kind of, like, also shortening of the nickname was people used to call me fern tree, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, the plant fern. And people used to say, like, people sometimes people used to say tree, just tree. And uh-huh. I would be like, and then, but but if I call myself tree, like, I felt stupid yeah. calling myself tree. Yeah. So I would be like, okay, like, just fern, just fern. And then, like, I hear... Look, that that name is just rung out because you know no one never really wants to say Fernando fully. So some people just go Fern. I'm
0: I'm fine with saying Fernando.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> some people aren't. Like I hear um I hear my my one of my my good friend, which is Nick's girlfriend. Her name is Danejo. She she one time just straight up said it, she's like I just don't want to say Fernando. It's too it's too long. Oh my god. It's too long. And I was like, you okay. You know, what? I I I can
0: I can see that. So. But so yeah, but that my first name is you know. So, <laughs> so so that the, the only people who call me that by their first name are do it out of like jokingly, as in like they're <laughs> being serious with me, or just to just rub it in. Or when something. your parents go with the first oh, and middle name, oh, when when the when when the parents use the full name, your full official name, you yeah. know, it's it's usually never good. Oh here, oh here, ninety nine percent of the time, it's always followed up by. You, you, why, why did you get arrested last night or something? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Not that, you know, I speak from experience from that, but in any case, so, but here's the thing, um, you, even though you've been talking about watching a lot of Smash Mm -hmm. Brothers tournaments and you talk about playing it a little bit, um, you're not just a regular player. I do. I do go to tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs)
1: lately I have not. I have not been to one in a very very long time and that's just because of the time constraints with school with athletics Obviously, but yeah the summer of 2016 i can say was like the time where me and like my friend nick i just mentioned whose gamertag was kingpin he me and him would go to a lot of tournaments together and we would we the first i'll never forget the first tournament we went to we got destroyed we were we thought we were so good looking in like we walked in and we we're like yeah we're gonna do good like we're, we're gonna try and like go for it then like we we go into like our first two sets like it's it's um tournaments usually go by double elimination so you have mm-hmm. your winners bracket then you have your losers bracket so we would hop out a winner we hopped out a winner's pretty quick and then in losers we got we we got we got trounced out pretty quick too so we were just like me and him were just like man like like that sucked <laughs> and like, that was when the whole process of me and him wanting to practice a lot more practice a lot more started and when we. When we started practicing more and started getting a lot of the, uh, a lot of like the technicalities of the game down more, mm-hmm. that was the game became instantly like, like I, it's like I said with everything else, it's like when you become when things when you start realizing like certain things about certain aspects of whether it's sports, you know, music, school, and in this case, gaming. Like when you start figuring out the little aspects that you're getting better at, it's the game just becomes ten times more fun, mm. and we start. So now it's like whenever we play against each other, it's like it's it's like chess matches. It's like it's like you know people say boxing is like a chess match. You're trying to just find the reads on your opponent. In video games, it's like you're trying to find the reads on your opponent. See how you move. See see how they move and like try to see their habits and then dissect them and and make them fall apart right
0: in front of you. You know what I find interesting about the the. Three things that you've mentioned as far as um, like your forms of kind of like personal expression one of them was obviously with your success in running mm-hmm. which is more so just self-discipline and you kind of have to stick to a very regimented track with music it sounds like you were playing piano and trombone and I would gather that the majority of it is probably playing to a musical score is that what it is? Or most did you, of the time, yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, was it, there any time where you actually had to do any type of songwriting or improvisation on your own? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, there
1: Probably uh, have to dig back deep for that, right? I mean, for jazz Not band that. in high school, definitely well, yeah. I had to write my own solo for a, for a specific song. Mm-hmm. And but, you had, went, but you wrote it out,
0: though. Yeah.
1: Okay. We we wrote it like me. Me and my teacher worked on it because I also like I, I wanted to make sure I had the right key and I had the right notes going mm. and everything. So I would I worked with him a lot on it. But for piano, I would have to say the graduate like for to, to graduate from the school you have to have like a you have to write out a certain piece in a different key. Gotcha. Like you have to like get it and in, 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 like I think it was melodic minor. Mm-hmm. And when you when you, but it was
0: still something that you could like, uh, write out or have a set plan or structure to it mm-hmm, correct yeah
1: I, I wouldn't say like i've ever actually like i've written lyrics and i've tried to write mm-hmm. my own music but i've never actually attempted to play it just out of fear that, i understand of like the way it sounds so, and no, no, i'm no, no. just scared. And, and
0: that's why I, I only mentioned i said out of three things and notice i've only mentioned two of them mm-hmm. the last one smash brothers especially a video game especially a fighter game there's no Set way for you to win. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, adaptation, pretty mm-hmm. much just like in a normal uh fight or any, or any type of martial mm-hmm. arts, especially one with uh where the rules aren't as stringent. Especially with one where uh when you when you play a game like Smash Brothers, like a, a fighter game, especially each character has a, a quite a wide array of uh, moves and techniques that they could pull off, as well as the other one. Mm-hmm. And so now you pretty much like the same thing if people are thinking like well how there's so much more in real life well think about boxing, so many angles that you could do you have your left and right punch you have a jab and a cross an uppercut a hook Mm -hmm. but then you got a body punch you can slip you can uh uh, do infighting you can lay on the ropes Mm -hmm. so many other strategies all based around you know your two arms just moving around your two legs uh swinging around obviously i'm oversimplifying it but then you have Uh, your video game fighter with smash brothers and you even if you just have six moves just the the dynamic nature of having to fight i would say there's probably a lot of room where you have to do a lot of on on your toes thinking and and sometimes get real creative in the goal of beating your opponent is that the case there
1: is yes uh like the one thing that the the fun the fun term to use especially when you hear commentators like commentating the big tournaments is you hear like he read him he has like he has him he hasn't read he hasn't downloaded like when they when they say that that means that like a specific player has the other player just locked in and all his habits are read and he can't Mm. and he can't like no matter what that other player does the other, the, like his opponent, is gonna know what he's gonna do next, and he's gonna have him, and he's gonna counter it. That's and and that's like the way a set usually goes in Smash, because it's a usually in the early stages of a tournament it'll be best of three, and then as you go into the later stages it's best of five. So as you get, as you like, take that first game. That's when, like, you start seeing their habits, and you're like, okay, like they do they do this to start a game, or they they look for this to start a game. And then as you move like forward in the game, you start realizing, okay, this is what they want to do when they want to knock you out, when they want to get you killed. And so when you start reading into all of that, you just keep it all locked in your head. And then when you when you move on to the next game, you're just let's say you lose. When you move on to the next game, you adapt, you make the changes necessary, and then you just have them. You
0: keep getting them red and more red. Here's something that I noticed in um, when when I was watching like an official esports uh, battle, but, uh, like referencing again that Armado versus uh, Mango, they're separated. They're like one sits on like one side mm-hmm. of the screen, the other one sits on the other side of the screen, and they do they are they able to see each other um, like eye to eye?
1: Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, uh, it depends like on on the way the tournament stage is structured or just the way like the venue is. So sometimes you'll have them right sitting like right next, right next to, to each, each other. other, and like they, they they can actually talk to each other. They like they just have to turn around to look, and to look at each other. But then there's tournaments like where they have t- the two set the two TVs set up, and then they're sitting across
0: from each it's other. It's almost like they're face to face, but they're separated by yeah. a wall. What are is there an etiquette to it as far as trash talk goes? Hmm.
1: There was there, there was there was okay. I, I would say there there was and somewhat still is, but I wouldn't say like. And in, in tournament there is. Because um, when you're in tournament, like, usually, like, the way you conduct yourself, if the tournament official doesn't like it, like, he has the right to throw you out or disqualify you. Mm-hmm. That's how... So, like, it's like it's like any other sport. Like, you know, you have to conduct yourself a certain manner in, at the mm-hmm. time. But when you hear the way they talk out of the tournament, outside of the tournament, and you see, like... Because also social media gets you, like, such a yes. great insight into how they are. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more trash talking. It's mm-hmm. a lot more... It's a, it's, you get to really see how the person is, like especially like if you see someone after a loss and they don't like the way they lost and they don't like how if it was like, let's say a close match and they get they, they're just, you know, salty or something about it. You hear you see you look at their Twitter, you see what they're tweeting. And then that kind of gives you what they think about the other player um, that I, in I the brought, past, it was, it was worse though. Yeah, it I, br- be, I brought
0: that up because I, I've seen like rivalries, like not on the uh, grand scale of esports, but I've seen kind of like, it's almost like underground mm-hmm. uh, uh, tournaments where they sit next to each other and they let as much yeah. trash talk go as possible. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen, I, I, obviously I forgot the, the gamer's name, but he was in a heated rivalry with the, with another guy. And he admitted that he's not that good of a of a player. He's not that good like mechanically. He knows basic moves. He kinda understands the strategy, but he knew how to get inside mm-hmm. the other guy's head. Yeah. Um, but the combination of both his play style and also just his, mm. his his trash talking that he would he would know exactly what to say just to make get the guy inside w- their head get yeah. inside their head, get them frustrated. Especially I, I think it was it, it was like best out of uh uh five. So obviously you gotta win at least, you know, three. And the other guy was up 2 nothing, and 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 he just as he was coming back, he was breaking. Oh, what happened? What happened? You were up. What happened? You know, mm-hmm. and it, he knew how to talk to the so Tell me, guy and my friends to, are. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: me and my me and my friends rage it's inducing. The best. It's the best because um, the one like the one thing that I I know for a fact that my my friends can tell you when I play is that um, I do not say anything during the game. I will never say anything during the game. But then after the game, like I'll be like. Uh, I'll be like, cause like one time I remembered um a common term in Smash. It's also money match, which is when you put money down and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. let's play. Like let's let us let us play for this. And so one time I remembered me and my me and um my friend Nick, his girlfriend in Asia. She was like, oh, like like fine, let's do it. Let's do a money match. Like winner buys the other like McDonald's or something. I remembered, and so I end up winning. And I and I just remembered that when I won, I was like, all right, like free food. And then like I hear like um and then I just like this is kinda like the the man fighting for his lady, I guess. He comes in and he goes, Oh, let me play you and then like and if and if I win she doesn't have to buy you food. And I am like, Okay, like and I did this like just like as like just to, you know, like honor it. I was like, All right, let's do it, let's do it. So he Nick, basically went double or nothing? Yeah. Is that what he, oh, go on. And he but like the thing is is like between me and like between me and Nick, like the skill level, Nick is just Better, like he has, like he has my tendencies, and I have his tendencies. I know we both know what we're gonna oh, do so when we this play. this was against Nick. Yeah, this okay. Was, it's like me and him. I like, thought it was some random yeah. guy. No, me and him, like me and him, when we play, it's like we both know what we're gonna do. But, but it's kind of you, you had
0: his number the first
1: time, though, right? <laughs> I had, I had his girlfriend's number but we oh that was the money yeah, match yeah that, that, that okay. was the money match and then like he kind of goes double or nothing and he's like all right like let me play for it and Ooh. i was like all right fine okay and now, he, that makes more sense and he and so he starts so we so we start and like the thing is between me and him play is that he knows he knows me i know him because we the, me and him practice together we know exactly what we're going to do and we know when we're going to do it how we're going to do it and why we're going to do it so when me and him play it, t- it took forever but he like he ends up winning because his skill in Smash is just like he had so much more knowledge of the game than I did at the time because he kinda introduced uh-huh. me to the whole competitive factor of it. Excuse me. But um he so so he ends up getting my number on that and I was just like <laughs> Alright, like all right, like yeah, like no one has to buy anyone food, like everyone's everyone's a winner and all that stuff, and we were like, Okay. We moved on and then that then we did um a teams money match. It was me and his girlfriend versus him. And my friend, Timmy. Who, and
0: uh, Who's better, the girlfriend or Timmy?
1: Uh, the girlfriend. <laughs> the girlfriend's better. Just because, <laughs> well, first off, she has Nick to teach her everything. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then, you know, you put, a, put me and her on a team together. It's like the two best out of our friend group. And then the best out of our friend group... Like the best out of our friend group, and then a kid who knows what he's doing, but he's not like he's yeah. not like up there. Yeah. So he, so we play them and we win. It was like it was like three two. I remember me and her got so pumped because we like we were like yeah, free food. <laughs> and,
0: and then and then like when we go to McDonald's, we end up going over our budget. Yes. <laughs> because of course uh, a money match and uh, uh, something where the prize is McDonald's is is like heaven for what is this for college yeah. students yeah I, I would have been psyched as well too
1: we were so we end up yes. going but the, the end of the story is we end up going over our budget and we
0: and her have, uh, have to end up actually pitching in money in the end <laughs> well along with that as far as what you enjoy who is texting me here oh okay never mind <laughs> It's late at night, man. It is. Uh, it's well. It's nine. I don't know how far you wanted to to go. We're actually almost two hours in. If you want to keep going, it's up to you. I'm, uh, I'm down to this. Is actually a lot of really interesting stories that I think is relatable. It will definitely be relatable to Warren, and I think a lot of people are going to find it interesting with the e gaming, and especially when talking shit as well too, yeah. because um, I think uh, another aspect that This is probably the one thing that that I do know about you as far as just being able to enjoy it as opposed to having to participate uh, with watching professional wrestling. Yes, sir. Yes. As we both know, it it seems to be a, a good part of your life. And I think what's interesting about this is being able to try to explain professional wrestling to Warren. (laughs) <laughs> like how how would you present this across to him in a way where he'd be like, okay, I kind of understand what what's going on now, or how it was presented to you when you first started watching? I didn't really have it presented to me
1: because like I kind of remember you just like yeah, it? I kind of just like came across. Um, <laughs> I remember when it was Friday Night Smackdown on, I think it was Channel 11. Mm-hmm. I like I, I kind of just came across it, and I was like, what's this? And then I just started watching it, and I'm like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. And then I started just, I got into it. So I start watching, and so to explain it to Warren, I don't know. Like, I kind of depending let's on what, try, what age
0: do your, do your best what what age would we be talking here like any age let's say that at the earliest age where he suddenly he's suddenly watching and he's like he just asks you fern <laughs> what's that so i <laughs> would oh man why are they fighting let's say he knows that they're fighting okay do you guys read stories to him what's that of do course guys, we read okay. stories i loves, would be loves like, elmo I would be like, there's oh. no point to the stories. It's just Elmo and counting toes. <laughs> That's what it is right now. There's no point to the story about Cookie so Monster. Let,
1: he just eats cookies. So let's hypothetically say he ends up liking, you know, having stories read to him. I would
0: be like, hypothetically, <laughs> are you are you doubting my parenting skills already, Fernando? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm Good, you're getting but, the backseat parenting down. But Good. let's say like, let's say this happens.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll look at the TV, and in the spirit of um, scripted sports entertainment (laughs) i would be like well once upon a time there was this i I guess i'll say like triple h was a bad bad man with his wife and they were the authority big (laughs) words and and then uh, let me see what i'll use let's 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 say i'm watching the daniel
0: bryan wrestlemania story and interesting story and, yeah and,
1: and there was a he'll probably
0: be like why is that guy with a lot of hair on his face <laughs> how is he beating the the big guy that looks like um the guy from guardians of the galaxy <laughs> which <laughs> technically that's exactly correct <laughs> he did not make him tap, batista yes. did batista did become uh what is it drax yeah. In Guardians, in gardens. He, he did very well for himself.
1: Yeah, no, he and then he got on Spectre also, which was. I Does he have a role in Blade Runner?
0: Yes, he does. Wow,
1: but it's not, Dude, it's not what just... you would think it is because it'll
0: look who he, cares. The yeah. movie credits that that guy is getting yeah, now, he's getting great credits. Jeez. Yeah.
1: but but like back to the story, I would go, yeah, you... I would be like, and like, and and I would just say they ruled the
0: kingdom of <laughs> oh my god I don't even know I'll say the kingdom of the locker room <laughs> is is that what you got involved in like you obviously when you were talking about uh, um, songs you like you really loved like analyzing a lot of like lyrics was there a certain aspect of professional wrestling that when you started watching it you re- like started really diving deep into mm. like oh I really wanted to understand this quote storyline versus just i just like seeing them beating the crap out of each other
1: i i think i could say i I was the storylines yeah just because like uh, it's especially because wwe does a good job of like the whole underdog story kind of deal like well they haven't obviously lately but like you know (laughs) like uh, the the best example you sound like like, an old man yeah (laughs) But, (laughs) but like um the be, like just the story i just brought up which is the daniel bryan like his mm-hmm. his his run to becoming the champ was just beautifully
0: told like the whole there's there's a lot of nuance behind that yeah, because and, there's a lot of insider industry mm-hmm. things behind it as well as the story that was actually presented yeah because like
1: in the end like what was put on tv like you know the what what he was saying eventually ended up coming from the heart because you mm-hmm. had you had guys like CM Punk pulling for him backstage. Yep. And, you know, remember the epic promo where he, like, where, and then, like, what comes afterwards where he says, like, well, I'm not going to do anything sitting from my couch. It took exactly that mm-hmm. for Daniel Bryan to get what everyone thought he should have gotten. Yep. And he, and so you hear, you hear that story and then you hear what Daniel Bryan's saying and you hear what everyone else is saying. Like, Shawn Michaels came out and said, "Is like, why can me like I trained him mm-hmm. he has he's the same height as me he looks he look he has the look of a champion he does exactly what a champion needs to do why not him yep. and you hear like it's coming from the heart at that point because it's true like why not him like the crowd wants him everyone wants him the people like why why don't you want him and and it was just it was really beautifully told because you hear the words and you're just like well this is coming from somewhere this isn't just coming from
0: from like so this written. spoke out to you probably because it's uh, obviously Daniel Bryan's not the biggest guy mm-hmm. he's one of the more hard, not more he was at that point the along with talent the most hard-working guy yeah in definitely the, in the industry and it was probably because of uh, a story that we've probably all um, uh, encountered in life, which is like the boss that just doesn't want to give mm-hmm. rec- do recognition for hard work, yeah. Uh, even when everyone is behind it, and that and that evil boss just doesn't want to do it, or the authority in this yeah, case, yeah. there's a there's a higher power that ju- is just holding the little guy down, and mm-hmm. then for the little guy to uh, against those odds, again with a broken shoulder or whatever mm-hmm. it was, separated shoulder at WrestleMania, to tell the story of him beating the two company men the two chosen company men in order to reach the top of the mountain which i agree uh was a very beautiful story and i'm assuming that's probably probably deep down that's why you yeah it probably touched you because
1: you get attached to them because you're realizing like because deep down inside like that was that could that was kind of basically me because because you hear because I, i like a lot of the times when it comes to you know getting a you know an offer to run in college or like any sport in general like you Mm -hmm. hear like people that look at you and they look at you and they're like what like you you wouldn't be able to hang with them you can't do it like what Mm. you and like especially like and and that's that wasn't just to me that was to like teammates that work just as hard as me and like i hear that and i'm like why not me like you like i work just as hard as the guy that can run that can run 15 minutes and i can run this time i work just as hard as them like i can earn it I can do I can I can pay my dues and go right into it as well. And you know, when, when you when you watch that you get attached because you're like you deep down inside that is you know, you feel like that's you. Mm-hmm. And and you know, when you see him holding the titles at WrestleMania like you remembered like the crowd was dead silent take or lost that night yes you, you, like the crowd's dead silent and then like a story like that like ending with him you know holding the belt <sighs> and it everyone did. freaking out because he got because <laughs> yeah. cuz they actually because first off you're in your head you're like holy shit they went through with it yes. and then and then but then you're also just celebrating you're just like yeah like he, he deserves it like thank god and and everyone's just going nuts for him and you're just in your head like but, like that was me because that was because i because that was exactly what happened with me i was like I, I get the offer and i'm just like 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 i just remember the day that it happened because i first off like i got the email and i was the I, offer for uh for the scholarship awesome and so i i hear the i get i get the email and i'm reading it i was in school and when, when i got the email and i go out for for practice and i see my coach and I'm like and I'm like, look, 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 and then he and then he sees it and then he just he smiles and he just nods his head and he like and he and he like gives me like a hard pat on the back. Did he do the yes chant? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not that day. But um but he gives me like a hard pat on the back. And same thing with my cousin, because you know, a lot of people leading up to that point, mm-hmm. they didn't they like it's not that people didn't have hope that I could do it. It was just that when it comes down to it, like it's just you're a you're a just a small fish in a big ocean and you're and there's a sea of like options for coaches all over the place and you're so when you get the recognition and you get the options for it it's just it's just a moment for you to sit down and be like i am good enough like i can do it
0: and that's what you relate and that's why that storyline really um reached out to you Mm -hmm. in a sense what what did you say in the what was your reaction or, or how did you handle in the beginning when you would say oh i'm i'm watching smackdown or i'm watching professional wrestling and then you get the inevitable bro you know that you know that stuff's <laughs> fake right yes oh my god what what was what was your initial like and did you like refine the inevitable cuz i'm sure you'll probably get it like you probably i know i get it every other month or something like that especially if they find out that oh really mm-hmm. Are, you're 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 into that what's what is your take on it Ooh, all right.
1: So, my first initial reaction was, well, obviously as a kid, you're like, I don't care. Like, like, as a kid, as a kid, I was like, I don't care. It's, 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 it's fun. It's fun for me, and like, I don't really care what you think. And then, like, as you get to your teenagers, you're all edgy, and you're like, yeah. I like, who cares about your opinion, man? Like, that's like that's <laughs> ah. like edgy, like edgy teen know-it-all yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. And now, I would say, I kind of just don't react to it. Mm -hmm. i'm just like i'm just like nah, okay like i'm just like nah. like you know like i'm still gonna like you can say what you want like i'm still gonna watch it like that's exactly what i say
0: it's a very good evolution of how it goes and i was even thinking i thought about it too before this interview because um the you got to think about not the question what they ask and i think you have your what you just described right there just kind of showed the proper reaction not to the question of bro you know wrestling's fake right but just someone attempting to give you shit yeah you know it's the same thing it would be the pretty much the same thing if uh uh do you have a favorite sports team uh i would say giants if someone just went up bro you know the giants suck right and they're not saying it because the giants well right now they're fucking horrible anyway yeah jesus (laughs) they do suck i'll have to agree like yeah you're right but in any case (laughs) um back then someone saying something like that or oh you know your your shirt it's it's stupid or you're a dum-dum or you got cooties they're finding a way to especially when it comes from anyone other than your dad And I'll I'll get back to that in in, in a second. I'll get get, get back to that in a second. Oh boy! I think anyone else saying that to you, they're probably doing that to attempt to get a a reaction out of you. They're just doing it to to give you shit, and they want to see how you react. Because if you start going, uh, as you said in your in your edutainer, no, no, I don't care what you think. Well, yeah, and they got you. They don't. They they know every. They know that wrestling is fake as well. Yeah, and they just want to see how you would react if they start like you know poking mm-hmm. at you of of a specific thing that you enjoy mm-hmm. or you like and i would say if it gets even older they're, they're still giving you shit and it's also a little bit of the uh stop liking what i don't like like uh mentality yeah i don't know if you've run into that yet but there's just some people who I had a I had a girlfriend that was like that. Was, it's oh, was my girlfriend. Yeah, really? like she was like, yeah. Stop that was, liking what I don't like.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like that's exactly what it went, and I was just oh, like, and and it, that that was torture because at the like, at the same time you want to you know you want to make a relationship work, but then when things like that happen, you're just like, geez, man, like like cut me a break here, <laughs> like, like at least try to understand, and then nothing happens. But yeah, that's that, I think people I, people that do that they're just. Ugh, like they're, they're like well one they're annoying but two it's just like
0: it's almost a rite of passage though, yeah true because it's yeah, it, like because middle school. it's always it's if you think about it if you if they're not complimenting you and they're not helping you or they're not like neutral they're they're giving you sh- it, it's like it's mm-hmm. a challenge almost mm-hmm. it, it's like all right, I'm gonna do this to see if I can make you angry. I'm gonna do this if I can just break you out of your uh, current mood. Mm-hmm. Let, let me see if I can just do that. They, yeah. they, they're, they did, they're not, and they're not doing it because they want to prove that wrestling is fake or anything. They're doing that to um, just get a rise out of you. You know mm-hmm. those type of people. Yeah,
1: that's so I mean like your
0: and, and your reaction. Your final reaction is kind of the uh, when you're just like, uh eh. It's almost yeah. like you're not ignoring it but it, it just really does you've heard it so many times or yeah you're just like like come on man like come up with something better I'm trying to think of the two extremes that you can go with that one of them is where you you actually like you react like yeah. you've you've just been told like Santa Claus you go <gasps> yeah and you just see what happens if you do that you just break down yeah. right in front of them They're like bro i'm just only kidding man <laughs> get your shit together oh my god and then the the other one is obviously you can go the extreme uh, no it's not <laughs> you know no push your push your glasses up yeah it's actually an athletic competition yeah where, you know. i
1: mean because like that's the thing like going into explaining it to mm-hmm. people it's just like they don't care. Like so like why exactly. like why like why bother going into the explanation of like, oh like clearly you like have you ever seen like people that that take the hits? Like it's 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 pretty much like
0: Oh, you're doing the uh, the the, yeah. the
1: example I just gave you. Yeah, like it's like pushing you up your glasses. Have you like, seen the people that gave that give you that have, have you seen people that have taken the hits that haven't like haven't
0: you seen the five star matches from David Meltzer? Right? Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> And they and and all that stuff. You hear that and then but then when you're telling it to the person that said it, they're just They're just gonna look at you with like like you got three heads, and they're just gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" They got you. Yeah, they're gonna be like,
0: "Yeah, you're you don't know how to take shit." Yeah, and so those are everyone but like not your dad, everyone but your parents or your or your family, because my dad asked like he saw me watching wrestling back in '93. I think that's when I first started watching. This was when like Yokozuna was around. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you remember him. I know I know who the clown, all all those guys it was a very gimmicky era and he he saw me watching it and he saw that i was like i wasn't like going nuts but i was just watching it and he looks at me he just he goes you know that's fake right and i i pretty much already i could see like a a lot of things that that they were doing and i said yeah dad he goes okay he just (laughs) wanted to check in with me that i wasn't like crazy crazy in the head or nuts uh, or like delusional that (gasps) You know, if I, like, kick him in the gut and then I do a stone-cold stunner, I can actually knock him out. Like, he was just checking yeah. to make sure that I could I could separate fantasy from, from, reality. from reality. That's what he was doing at the time. Then he was, also, don't do those moves to your sister, you know, uh, <laughs> the things like that. So, when, when, when parents and family are asking, they're actually asking you to make sure that yeah. you're not crazy. Yeah.
1: My, my dad... <laughs> My dad and um, my sister were like that too. I remembered my my sister like what like, came up to me after my dad had asked me like um like two months after, and she goes, "You know that's fake, right?" Like in her like snarky middle school voice that she oh, had. Oh, she's giving you shit. Yeah, ah. like that snarky like middle school voice she's that all like preteen girls have. Mm-hmm. She 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 like, and I'm just looking at her like, "Yes." And me and my sister have this weird thing where we call each other Ted. And that, that's a, that's a funny story I can say later, but, um, she, she, she says it and I'm like, yeah, Ted, I know. Hmm. Like just, what, just watching here. Yep. And she's, and then she's she testing goes, you. and then, and then she's, then she tries again mm-hmm. and she goes, then why do you still watch it? <laughs> and, then, and She's I'm,
0: persistent. Yeah. And then <laughs> she and then really I'm, wants to get to
1: you. And then I just, and she was with her, her friend and, and, um, and so like I hear, and then I'm like, cause I want to watch and it's Friday. I kind of want to do Next something. Next time, look her
0: in the eye and and just speak. Just look at their glistening bodies and and the form and the physique you ever see that vince mcmahon uh the gif the 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 gif the gif where he's like admiring the bodybuilders and he falls over in his chair and the the guy who spliced it together he's obviously admiring stacy keebler yeah but they spliced like uh the old school bodybuilding guys like flexing in front of him like that just give that type of reaction to him
1: and and she so that that's the thing that's like the next part of the story which is like even more hilarious i think that when i look back on it so she's, so like I say, like, yeah, like I'm just watching it. It's, you know, it's Friday. Don't have really much to do tonight. Just thought I would watch. And then, <laughs> then her, then her friend chimes in and the exact quote to this day, I'll never forget it. Just because of like how, out like I just burst out laughing when she said it, she just goes, you know, that it's just men touching each other. Right. And then I just, I burst it out laughing and I'm just and I'm just there laughing, and then she's looking at me. Why is that so funny to you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it's like, because like in a way you're right, but like also it's just it just sounds so stupid the way you said it.
0: It is. It's it's actually not that because it's actually actually right. It's just <laughs> a bunch of you know wrestlers in underwear running around making ugly faces. I yeah. think that's what Dean Ambrose called uh, uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, pretty much when he was, when he was being interviewed. I remember that a coworker of mine, she, her husband is huge into wrestling, but they have kids as well too, mm-hmm. and they, uh, it got to a point where the kids got old enough where they, where they would look at the screen, they would see uh, wrestling going on, and they would go to mommy and they go, mommy, mommy, daddy's watching nipples again. <laughs> that's all they could focus on they just couldn't get over the fact that uh guys are running around showing their nipples so they said daddy daddy no no mommy mommy daddy's watching nipples again can i (laughs) watch nipples too you know so uh, (laughs) i i I, that was that was i thought that was hilarious as well too and i eventually i guess i probably have to figure out like well what their solution to it was he had to watch it on the ipad so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we don't want kids running around saying, show me your nipples or anything, or I want to see... Anyway, so back to the storyline aspect, but I also think there's something about the being able to, as you said, you like to analyze the lyrics, you like to analyze the the storyline. Wrestling is also one of those, professional wrestling is also one of those where you, where they allow you to kind of get behind the scenes Mm-hmm. and hear how uh, certain performers or wrestlers get pushed. Some yeah. of them get buried. In other words, they they they, they get to uh, move more to the main event as opposed to opening the match, as opposed to not being on the card at all. I think a lot of uh, fight fans can relate to that when they see their favorite fighters mm-hmm. uh, finally get their title shot or they finally get a main event slot on a mm-hmm. fight night. I think a lot of the same thing happens in uh professional wrestling and they actually mix martial arts and fighting and boxing a lot of them draw on so much parallel to what professional wrestling had perfected in the first place mm-hmm. like as you mentioned way in the beginning of the podcast promos promos yeah did you watch any of the conor mcgregor and uh mayweather yeah promos those were going back and forth
1: those were ridiculous but they they did it right. I like. I have to say, like when they were when they were promoting that fight, as ridiculous as the bout was, because like when you watch the fight, you're like, man, all that hype, and then you watch that, but, but then when you like, you 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 see them promoting it, they did an excellent job of it. Because mm-hmm. they, what was it like? They did a year of like, you know, oh, I'll fight him. He just has to sign the deal, and then like they would like the other guy would jar back at him. If he wants to fight, he knows where to find me. All this like mm-hmm. they, they did about a year of that and then you know finally like not even a year like i would say like maybe a year and a half almost two years of doing just that Mm -hmm. and they then when like they finally announced the fight you know they go on that tour and just the things they would say to each other like you would like you know you had mayweather like saying like 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 throwing money on mcgregor like saying like you throw money on the stripper because like he was basically doing like he cuz he cuz what's kind of right when he said that it was just a very gruesome way of saying you know like McGregor's ended for the money and he knows that he fought, he took this fight for the money. The so, heel. Right? Yeah. And he and and then you have like you know McGregor which is like everyone's hero because you know McGregor was 49 and 0 no Mayweather was 49 and 0 going mm-hmm. into it and you have like McGregor's the hero. He's the guy that's going to you know stop him. He's the guy that's mm-hmm. going
0: to he's the guy that's going to be that's going to be the one to end it all. Everyone wants to pay to see the heel get yeah. beat up. Everyone pays to see Ric Flair uh, get beat up back in the day. Yeah. Everyone paid for the Iron Sheik to get beat up yep. by Hulk Hogan. Everyone paid to see Vince McMahon get stunnered by, by, Stone, uh, Cold. by Stone Cold. and uh, Triple H and the Authority get it from Daniel Bryan. You had,
1: like, The Shield. Like You you would pay to watch them get beat up by CM Punk in the rest yes. of the locker room. You back would. when
0: The Shield were actually pretty good yeah. heels. Yeah. Um, Oh, my God. I lost my train of thought. And
1: and then when... But, like, the thing with Mayweather and McGregor, which was, like, even better, was... It was, like, the, the fight itself, like, you know, even though... Even though you kind of knew what the outcome was going to be going into it, they still put on a show, mm-hmm. no matter what, because, you know, McGregor was able mm-hmm. to show that, you know, A, he can land the punches on him, mm-hmm. and then... But then, B, you also have, you know, the whole argument that everyone using oh mcgregor's not going to be able to last because mayweather's going to knock him out when he tires him out and you had that whole narrative and they executed it to perfection because the fight gets a bunch of buys you had the whole world talking about it mm-hmm. you have both guys walking away with enough money to last them and their kids oh yeah and and then and, and everyone goes home happy because ufc gets the exposure they wanted mayweather gets the money he wanted you know everyone goes on a happy camper and then and the fans got what they wanted to which is what the fight they wanted to see
0: and to relate this back to to Warren the lesson of all of this as far as like a storyline as far as how WWE does it as far as professional wrestling does it as far as mixed martial arts or even boxing all of professional sports yeah <coughs> actually is there's so much money that people invest into it for this type of story, Mm -hmm. whether it be an underdog trope, whether it be the, the villainous um, boss or the authority Mm -hmm. getting their just desserts in the end. It's, it's kind of like something that everyone kinds just hopes to like strive for, which is good winning out over evil in the end and eat But in this case, not only good winning out uh, over evil, but evil uh, going down in spectacular fashion in a way, or, Get, getting their I, I think I already already said yeah getting their come come up depending on how evil they yeah they they were so I don't know man you just did over two hours really how are you feeling I feel good I feel
1: I feel like I got a lot I put in a lot in this I feel like I've, yeah. I've talked a lot <laughs> it's a
0: lot more than I've talked in a long time that's awesome and I think there's there's a lot of great lessons for Warren as far as your level of dedication, mm-hmm. your level of hard work, and the, and the focus that you have. It's it. I think it, it comes across a lot. I think a lot of people will hear it um, um, when they hear you talk about your routine when it comes to to running, your dedication to gaming as well too, uh, how you speak highly of uh, your mentors when it came when it comes to music when it mm-hmm. comes to your athletics. Mm-hmm and of course your family and i pretty much knew that it was it, w- it would be cool yeah hearing you here so i really want to thank you mm-hmm. for coming out and thank you for having me that no problem this was and fun, awesome and i hope that not only warren gets um inspiration and lessons from all of this from you but also anyone else listening who have uh even if they're not a uh even if you're not an athlete, like that college, college athlete, 20 years old, already complaining about their body breaking yeah. down. <laughs> even I'm if sure you're not, yeah. even
1: if you're not that, just take my, like, if, if I can, if you can yeah, take my words and do you, something with advice, it. look
0: and listen, talking down to you.
1: If you can take my words folks, and do something yeah. with it, then I hope I did something <laughs> positive for you. That's all I can say, because I yeah. know for a fact I know for a fact that what I went through isn't something I want someone else going through. Oh, so.
0: That's a very heartfelt message. And we can only hope that that message lands on everyone and it makes their life just a little easier to mm-hmm. go through, especially through all recent times, which can probably be another topic of discussion for another yeah. time. All right, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Fernando. No problem.